Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It's the Queen's favorite song. She stands up and she uh, started one of those waves that they do in the, <laughs> the mosh pit just yeah, below right. her. Right. She, she got into the mosh pit. That's why she was having mobility issues. <laughs> this is uh, Adam Lambert and uh, Brian May from the original Queen. Uh, they kicked off this big Jubilee concert that was spectacular, by the way. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was all, all performed right outside of Buckingham Palace last night. I'm normally not that much into all things royal, but I, I got to say, this is, I, I found the whole Jubilee celebration absolutely uh, charming, old chaps. Good on you, lads. What do you mean, good on good you, lads? That's, that's, a, uh, that's an expression meaning that sounds, well done. Sounds good Scottish. It does sound Scottish. Well, all right. Close that's to 20 not being able to do accents. <laughs> it is an extraordinary thing, though, uh, the Jubilee. Uh, the fact years. that she's been on you know, uh, the uh, queen for 70 years. You almost said she's been on the throne for 70 years. I wasn't going to phrase it that way. <laughs> I've heard people, people have, have done that, that way. Know, that's like, why I stayed away from it. I don't know what anniversary it was, but one of my first stations when I was at WMRO in Aurora, the talk of the valley, uh, it was the Queen's anniversary. It must have been, it's got to be. The second or third. <laughs> was her second anniversary. <laughs> I was just starting. <laughs> but but it was the anniversary, and, and he said, my newscaster said that it was, let's just say, 25th anniversary on the throne. <laughs> and I started laughing. I'll bet. Off, you know, you off, would. Off, well, you it's, would. It's, you don't think that's funny? Yes, it is. That the queen's been on the throne for 25, 25 years. years yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I started laughing. Then he started, he started laughing, laughing. And he could not stop laughing. He couldn't laughing. stop. I know. He, he gets, so I have a long history of distracting newscasters. How well I know. Yeah. Uh, he got in super big trouble for laughing during, during the newscast. How well I know. I got off unscathed. <laughs> yeah, so. you always do. <laughs> but uh, but not me. This uh, just, just the anniversary. It's it's lovely. The whole thing's just lovely. Watching the whole family. It's a little uncomfortable when you see Prince Harry and Meghan Markle not at everything. Yeah. But I mean, it's their own decision, right? That's, they made the they made the choice. Yeah. Yes, they made the royal bed. Now they have to sleep in it. <laughs> Old chap, <laughs> what did you say? What, what was your good expression? on you, lads? Good, yeah, good on you, lads. Actually, I did hear a British person use that phrase. So yeah, but you're saying it like you're like you're Scottish, right? All right, like you're in an Irish Spring soap commercial. <laughs> good on you, lads. Good oh, on you, lads. Yeah, but I like it too. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Got to cut a little piece of it with your knife. Right. I always carry a pocket knife in the shower. With mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's just been lovely seeing the whole family, see those little kids. How about the little kids? The, you know, Prince, uh, uh, whatever their names are. 
the the one holding his ears all the time when the jets are oh going. Yeah. yeah that was great so cute that won't be used against him later on in life will it yeah exactly so cute just the whole thing's cute but this concert uh as Shwani had mentioned i mean it was diana ross you said was there diana ross queen queen duran duran duran, duran. alicia keys uh performed elton john did something via a recording uh, it, it, was, it was just one star after another. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran was uh, the the closing act. And if you want to watch it, it's all streaming on Hulu today. So uh, you know you can. You can no check. Paul McCartney. No Elton John. Though. Elton John via uh, recorded messages. Oh, okay. Uh, Elton John actually recorded a song. Uh, Sir Paul recorded uh, just a message because they're both on tour right now. Ah, okay. You know so. See, are we gonna and lose? they couldn't come back for the Queen's are Jubilee. We, are we going to lose money, or are we going to come back and sing for the Queen? <laughs> and we can't even say she's on the throne. No. <laughs> That's nice. It was nice. The, and they did it right in front of Buckingham, this concert, right in front of Buckingham Palace. It was really cool. Have you ever been there, Shawnee? I have not. In fact, the only time I've been in England, Great Britain... Is to change planes at Heathrow Airport. What? Yeah, I, the uh, as London. Well traveled. As I you know. Are. I know. I want to go. And you have never. I've never seen anything outside of a Sabaros. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the British version of it. And that airport, as you know, Dean is it's a, just it's spectacular. Massive. Yeah, it's spectacular. It's a city in itself. It is a city in itself. You, you, you did visit a city in the UK if you were at London Heathrow. So big. That when we flew in, we were changing planes from Germany to fly back here, and you have to go through customs again, yep. you know, as you're in another country. And right. uh, it was it's so big, we got on a shuttle bus to go from one terminal to the next and then go through customs. And then they didn't like my camera, so they had to search my whole bag. Yep. And, I'm not crazy about your camera either. <laughs> <laughs> this was before I purchased Andy's yeah. superb camera oh, that did you buy, andy did you uh you, yeah I, you, I, we pawned, negotiated a sale you, you pawned that off on him i did i told you not to tell him about it <laughs> Andy didn't tell you that he got it at maxwell street <laughs> and it, it squirts water when you take pictures <laughs> he'll find out yes he will <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll find out. andy but uh Shwani, the pomp and circumstance and the beauty just the oh non-stop yes. history that's everywhere in london uh, you have got to go. Oh, Westminster Abbey, the Tower Big Ben, uh, oh. the rosy red cheeks of oh, the little, little children. children. That's a song for those of you. Roger under, Miller. Those of you under 90, we all 90 know years who Roger old. Miller is, don't we? <laughs> we do. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you don't know Roger Miller. I think I've heard of him. The sing-along guy? Yes. Yeah. No, that's Mitch Miller. That's Mitch Miller. Okay, yes. then I don't know who that is. <laughs> England swing like a pendulum oh, dude. Geez. Bobby's on bicycles two by two. Didn't he have another a, a, a song? What was it? Dang me? Yes. Hang me. Hang me. No, dang me. Dang me. This Hang one. me from a rope and tree. Jeez. Did Shwani do this during the Indy 500 broadcast last week? No. Did, he was did, drowned out by motor sounds. Did Dane, <laughs> Dane Neal have to put up with this lesson? <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't covering a Jubilee celebration. We were covering an auto race. I guess so. There it is. 
For those of you under 80 years old who has never never heard of this is Roger Miller. Well, here I sit high, getting ideas. Ain't nothing but a fool to live like this. Out all night, running wild. A woman sitting home with a month-old child. Dang me, dang me. They ought to take a rope and hang me. Yeah, that's enough. You've got to find King of the Road, too, now. King of the Road. That's the one that I was Trailers dreading. for sale or rent. That was Roger Miller. Roger Miller was a country singer. Ah, okay. Now I know. But he crossed is. over into pop music. Those were all pop hits. I remember hearing him on Wait. the Big 89. <laughs> all right. Settle down, Troy. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you get so excited before. <laughs> but he was. Uh, he, he had a few uh, pop hits back <laughs> What would this be, in the mid-60s? Yes, 65, 66. Trailers for sale or rent. Rooms to let 50 cents. No phone, no No pool, no pets. Ain't got no cigarettes. You You get get an idea. Nice song. Not bad. Nice song, and it's given me an idea for uh, something else we can do on the show that we've never done before. Shwani, you've inspired this. Sunday morning karaoke. Oh, ah. nice. I can see how much you want to sing Roger Along Miller. with Roger Miller's <laughs> song. Miller's songs. <laughs> and here's Dave Schwan with Dang Me. <laughs> Gonna take a rope and hang me. <laughs> hang me from the highest tree. <laughs> Uh, boy, it's good to be back. After we we missed you. I feel like I oh, we missed you. Feel like I haven't been gone. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the um, anyway, this this uh, we're, we'll we'll play more of some of the performances from this. You mean Roger Miller? <laughs> yes, Roger. Roger Miller is no longer with us, I believe. Correct. Well, you okay? Oh, you were talking about performances from the Jubilee, from the not, Jubilee. not the best, greatest hits of Roger Miller. Not the greatest. <laughs> you know what? We already have heard the greatest hits of Roger Miller. <laughs> but um, we'll play. We'll play some more hits of that. But Mr. Miller is no longer with us, though. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Okay. Our condolences to his family and friends. You can go ahead and laugh. It's all right. Laughing is good. Uh, so uh, Andy and I were at. Uh, we hung out last night. We did. Without you, Schwani. I know. I was excluded. No. Again, not on purpose, of course. <laughs> no, I left instructions not to invite him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt that for a in minute. In the unlikely event that he may have heard about it and thought yes. it would just be okay to show up. <laughs> I, <laughs> I left word at security at the door to not let, not let him in. Uh, it, there was a big uh, going away party last night for Dan Rohn from WGN Sports. 38 years, WGN Sports. And it was a, a lovely, lovely event. Uh, Really nice, fun events, a lot of old friends. But here's the thing that uh, was most impressive to me. Every single TV station's sports anchors were there to pay tribute and to say goodbye to Dan Rohn. That says something. Yeah. Even former sports anchors. uh, Ryan Baker over at uh, Channel 2 was a sports anchor and I was a morning guy. Right. Mark Giangreco. Giangreco was there, yeah. Uh 
who may have had one of the funniest lines of the night when Dan Rohn was giving his <laughs> was pretty good. Dan Rohn was giving his you know, speech at the end. Uh, Mark Greco uh, shouted out that this was his party as well. Yes, because he never got to have one. Nope. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, really, really nice, uh, ni- nice event, and nice to see you. Yeah, and, good to see you as well, uh, Melina. Out. Yeah, it would have been good to see you too. Well, you have this morning. Yep, got four hours together, Schwani. There you go. <laughs> Take it all in. <laughs> yeah, you know, Dan is one of those. Uh, he is one of those guys that he never has a crossword about anybody, and he is so real. And he's going to be missed. He's uh, just right. a great guy. I've had an opportunity to work in that sports department over there a couple times, and being around him is great. He knows a lot. He is uh, a, a number one uh, kind of guy. Yep, that, that's for sure. Shawani, very much, uh, you, you would probably describe very much like me. Never a crossword for anyone. Uh, super nice guy. You'd probably say all that, right? Hello. Sure. Hello, testing. Hello. Sure. Testing, one, two. Sure, I would. Uh, it's great to be back. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Um, Let's just replay the race today. (laughs) In case you missed it last week. Yeah, so far hearing roaring motors is much more interesting than anything we've talked about so far on the show today. (laughs) Uh, We do have a very uh, thrill-packed and exciting show uh, today with uh, many surprises uh, planned on the show today. We're going to talk to Dr. Kevin Most in a few minutes. That's good. You got a far-flung forecast? Yes, I do. In fact, I was promoting it and you on my Facebook page this morning. Oh, is that right? Yes. So all four people on your Facebook page <laughs> saw it? Six. <laughs> You've been very active on your Facebook page uh, as of late. Yesterday and today, yeah. Oh, uh, Bo- Engineer Bob came up with this wonderful promotional idea about talking about the far-flung forecast, putting out a little tease, if you will, uh, you know, mentioning where it might be, but not specifically where in a given state or why we're doing it. Right. So that's why yeah, you people have give, to stay tuned. Don't want to give away too much. And a, a good tease titillates you, but does not give away too much. Exactly. Yeah. So what did you say? What was your tease on Facebook? Today, we were talking about a city in Nebraska, birthplace of a man whose invention had uh, changed world history, and that world history event is uh, the anniversary of which is tomorrow. Hmm. Hmm. Johnny Carson? No. <laughs> Although he was from Nebraska. He's no, the, it's he's not the only Johnny one I Carson. can think of who was from Nebraska. No, 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 no. I can't even think of it. How sad is this? I can't even think of any cities. I'm not surprised. Let's see. There's uh, Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah. Omaha. 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 Wahoo. Excuse me? Wahoo, Nebraska. Wahoo to you too, pal. <laughs> Carney. Right? Carney? Is it Kearney? Okay, you're starting. Yeah. You're both starting to just make them up now. Uh, I'm not making up Wahoo. Zippity doodah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's, uh, in that case, let's see. Should we, uh, should we take a little bit? Uh, let's, you know what? You know what? There's no time like the present. Just roll. That's how I feel about it. As they did last week on the Indy 500. Let's zoom through this. It is time once again for America's favorite feature, now teased on social media. 
the far-flung forecast, our weekly compendium of fascinating uh, facts and information. Here now is Dave Elon Musk. Schwan. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. Oh, that's Twitter. Andy, good morning, everyone. Today, we go to Columbus, Nebraska. Columbus, Nebraska, the 10th largest city in the state of Nebraska, with about uh, 24,000 people, uh, as according to the 2020 census. Uh, It was settled around uh, 1856 and uh, taking its name from Columbus, Ohio, where some of the earlier settlers had lived, moving to Columbus, Nebraska. So wait, they lived in Columbus, Ohio? And and then moved west. They moved to Nebraska. Right, as Horace Greeley said, go west, young man. What should we name? That's what they did. What should we name our city? Where did we live before? Let's name it that. A lot of people did that. That's where we get New Salem, Illinois, as from Salem, Massachusetts. That's where we get many of the. Yeah, but they didn't call it New Columbus. No, they didn't. They, they just, just called, called it Columbus. Same thing as the old one. But as we said, uh, Columbus. That's what they should have called it. Same thing as the old one. New Nebraska. Columbus. <laughs> New Columbus, Nebraska. As we mentioned, though, it is the birthplace of a man whose invention changed the course of history. The man's name is Andrew Jackson Higgins. Hmm. Anybody uh, know Andrew Jackson Higgins? Andrew Jackson Higgins. Andrew Jackson Higgins formed his own company. It was a nautical uh, shipbuilding company, and he developed what is known as the Higgins Boat, the landing craft, which 78 years ago tomorrow, something like 15,000 of them landed on the shores of Normandy. For D-Day. Oh, the uh, those ships. Uh, that Tomorrow were, the is the 78th anniversary of D-Day. Oh, D-Day, yeah. The Higgins boat took so, the so, Allied so that's forces. The boat, that's the boat that, that that has the collapsible. Yes. One one side of it yes. opens. The amphibious boats oh. that landed on the beach and brought the Allied forces ashore for the invasion of Normandy, D-Day, 78 years ago tomorrow. And uh, it's always appropriate to mention this at this time. I also want to take a second to mention the fact that uh, my friend's father, uh, Everett Booth, was among those that landed at Normandy on June 6, 1944. What uh, what a what a generation! You know, I, I constantly say that about the uh, the greatest generation. Uh, they they just they don't make people like that anymore. That kind of strength and courage, absolutely, and especially the the the, the people who stormed the beaches of Normandy. I all you know all I can think of is the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan, and how horrific that was. Imagine actually being there people who were actually there and survived it yeah and uh, my friend art and his father uh, were able to uh, participate in the 40th anniversary of d-day when president reagan was there and had a special commemoration and uh, art took some just magnificent pictures of his father on the beach uh, walking and just wow. reflecting on on everything that happened. What was, was that like? Did you talk to his father? Oh, I knew his father very well. Did, did, did he ever talk about it? Because a lot of guys did. Did I never want to? He did. Talk about he those. did. He talked about it and really just. In, I can remember asking him, "What did you do a day or two before?" And he said, "We got our orders and we went. Hmm. It was just like that." Hmm. And that's what they did. Uh, so walking on that beach. After 40 the, years later. After the horror that you saw take place there 40 years prior. Yeah, yeah, unimaginable. Hmm. And it also has, a, they all went into a France, and 
There's a wonderful picture of his father with three of his buddies uh, uh, in front of, I believe, in front of a, a pub that they once uh, uh, frequented uh, during the war. It's just incredible. But Columbus, Nebraska, the home of Andrew Jackson Higgins, who developed the Higgins boat, the landing craft for D-Day. Columbus has cloudy skies and 65 right now. Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN, time for our weekly visit with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Dr. Most, my friend, good morning to you. Dean, how are you doing? Doing very, very well. Always nice to hear your voice. Uh, Kind of bring us up to date on on where we are uh, with uh, covid right now it's uh you know it seems like we go up and down and up and down and up and down and you sort of lose track on where we are with all of this yeah dean and it's it's good that we do a kind of reminder to kind of let us all remember where we are at and if you look at you know community transmission rates we're still in the high range for pretty much all of the collar counties including you know cook and downtown chicago as you get out a little bit more rural into, you know, Kane, Kendall, DeKalb counties, they've actually dropped down to medium transmission. So hopefully that is going to be good. Hospitalizations, they are staying pretty steady right now. We're not seeing a big decrease, um, but certainly we aren't seeing a, a, a huge increase. So, you know, hopefully we're getting outside a little bit more and we'll slow this spread a little bit more. And, you know, and now with the possibility of having vaccines for pretty much everybody uh will be very interesting to see what happens here you know late june going into july i would say within the last week uh in, in my circle of family and friends I, I bet i've heard about five people test positive with covid i don't think i've ever heard of that many in my circle uh you know all testing positive at the same time you know everyone's at home everyone's quarantining no one's in the hospital, uh, you know, no, none of the severe things that we used to hear about. Right. But is that fairly common now that we're, we're hearing about things like that? Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting when we look at the, the community transmission rates and we say we're high. That's just like the tip of the iceberg because so many people are now testing at home and not even, you know, uh, reporting those tests. So certainly the numbers are much higher than they than they are. Fortunately, like you said, you're getting a lot of people that are having the illness um, and are getting, I would say, I don't want to say very sick, but fairly ill for a good, you know, five to seven days. So certainly we've uh, gotten a little bit complacent in all of our blocking and tackling, and uh, it's starting to show. So you will start to see more and more people have it, especially now, you know, as we start to have more gatherings, you know, with schools being out right. and, and kids that love to spread illness, you know, being uh, portions of those. Ah, those kids. Ah, those, kids. those rascally kids. <laughs> uh, uh, so if somebody does test positive now, is the two-week quarantine, is that still, you know, the regular protocol now for this? Because I've heard yeah, in, in this circle... I've heard people go, well, I stayed home for three days. I stayed home for a week. I stayed home for two weeks. What, what's the correct amount of time to stay away from people? Yeah, yeah really, it's, it's 10 days. You know, five days, it, you know, is kind of the minimum. And that's saying that you test positive, but you really have very few symptoms. And then really 10 days is going to be the, the key time. 
unless you're still coughing, unless you still have symptoms. And at that point, it just keeps on extending out. Have to remember that if you're coughing, you, you know, the virus is still there, the inflammation is still there, and, and the ability to spread it is still there. And I would say, you know, now we have great medication. So anybody who gets it, who tests positive, certainly get into your doctor, talk to your doctor. Uh, Paxlovid has been a great medication that has really worked well. So anybody who is immunocompromised or any, any comorbidities and test positive, please get in because the medication will really help you quite a bit. Are there new medications around the corner? Uh, I was uh, at a function where somebody, uh, their exact quote, well, somebody who's really knowledgeable told me that there's going to be a new vaccine soon. So I'm not getting my booster shot because if there's a new one that's coming soon, I want the latest and greatest. Yeah, so it's very interesting that they said it that way, because if you remember, the vaccine that we're taking now is actually based on the original COVID. They haven't even changed that. So certainly they're working on new vaccines right now that are more um, geared towards the the variants that we see in Omicron. Just like we do for the flu vaccine, is it going to be what is the most prominent strain? And that that is what the vaccine will be. Are we there yet? No. So certainly I would take this opportunity to get boosted And you know what? If the new vaccine comes out, it won't be until the fall. And I think another thing that they're really working on, which is very interesting, at least the early studies, is the nasal spray. If you remember, we had flu mist, which was a vaccine essentially for influenza. Didn't really do well. was actually taken off the market. Well, now they're working on one for COVID, and the initial results are great. So those people who are afraid of needles or want a simple, it certainly looks like this is going to be one that hopefully will be out in the market soon and uh, make it much easier for people to get vaccinated. And what's the story on a possible COVID vaccine? been hearing a lot about that uh, in the news. Is that something that's in the offing? Yeah, you know, what they're looking for is what we would call the universal vaccine, which if you think about it, if we all go back to the way back, you know, two years ago, we have to remember that, you know, the, the original coronavirus is a cold virus. It just happened this one mutated and this causes problems. We've looked forever to say, could we make a vaccine for the, for the cold? And really it stopped, you know, gaining popularity because the cold was an inconvenience and really not causing, you know, death or illness. Certainly now we're looking at it through a different lens and saying, wait a second, is it time to come back? And can we come up with a universal COVID, which would take care of all variants? And really what it is, it's just going to get down to what's the basic parts of the virus that don't mutate much? And can we make a vaccine that's going to attract or uh, notify and identify that portion? So certainly something that many companies are working very hard on right now. So still really in, in the very distant future on that, it sounds like. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, they're they're not even in, you know, phase two trials yet. So they're certainly still looking at and, and when they do it, it'll be a big number that they're going to try it on to make sure that the effective rate makes sense for them to go to take it to market. Our text and phone number is 312 981 7200. If you've got a question or comment for Dr. Kevin Most, uh, the 608 area code says, I still feel very uncertain about which activities are considered safe and unsafe in terms of COVID, considering the high transmission rates right now. Baseball games, restaurants. Uh, I'm a four time vaccinated 69 year old. What should I know? Yeah. It's a great question. And when she's, uh, he or she, whoever that is, says baseball games, 
you know, there's a difference between a baseball game at Wrigley Field and a baseball game that you're watching a child or a grandchild play, because certainly then you control the environment as far as how far you are away from people. Restaurants, I would certainly, you know, still continue to be careful at crowded restaurants that aren't uh, spacing appropriately. And you know what? You, you can always carry out if you'd like. But really, it's going to be with just getting back. We have to get back to our basic blocking and tackling for those individuals who, like this caller, you know, over the age of 60 certainly has, you know, comorbidities there. So certainly we want to make sure that we're doing all the simple things and really look out for yourself because those around you are not going to look out for you. You know, that's what we've been seeing, right? So if you feel comfortable wearing a mask, wear a mask. It's going to protect you and it's going to protect others around you. So certainly the activities are going to be ones that you can control the environment are the ones that are going to be the safest. And if you can't control the environment, do what you can to control yourself, which in other words means a mask, you know, washing your hands frequently, doing all the things that we know has slowed the transmission. I was at a, a graduation. My, my little nephews uh, graduated from eighth grade this week. And uh, in this uh, auditorium, uh, were parents, grandparents, <laughs> you know, all people who are likely candidates for anything to be spread. Uh, there was just a handful of people wearing masks, amazingly, uh, in, in an environment like that. And, Dean, you make a very good point right now, especially this time of the year with, with graduations. Uh, you know, think about when we started, we were like, no handshaking, you know, maybe a fist bump or an elbow bump. But now you got these kids that are graduating, they're hugging each other, and then they're going back and hugging their grandparents. Right. And it's like, wait a second, yeah. you know, this is a perfect transmission. It's not like we even just went to a, you know, a baseball game. No, are you kidding? We're, we're getting in close. We're high-fiving. We're yelling. We're screaming. It's almost like a, a concert. Um, and then going back to the home. So we certainly will see us an increase because of those. I, I laughed at one point, uh, although I guess I shouldn't be laughing because it's not really funny, but one of the little graduates with his, you know, his gown, you know, his graduation gown on walking around, he had a mask uh, on uh, around his chin. It was a little, really, it was protecting his chin. <laughs> right. Right. Like, those, that's the kid that the parents say, you're going to wear a mask. And he says, I'll show you. I'll, I'll wear show a mask. You. I'm not, not going to be on my nose or mouth, but I am going to have it on. More questions for Dr. Kevin Most when we come right back. 312-981-7200. Dr. Kevin Most, uh, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital, on with us. And Brian at 312-981-7200. Good morning. You're on WGN. Hi, Dean. Hi, Dr. Most. <clears throat> I got a question for you. I've got I've had all four doses of vaccine. And uh, last weekend, I, I ran a slight fever, like a 99 on Sunday. And it was like within an hour, it was gone. Didn't take anything for it. Thought I had like a cu- seasonal allergies kind of thing. Tested Sunday, negative. Tested Monday morning, negative. Tested Tuesday morning, positive. And um, so, like, I have nothing but like seasonal allergy. Uh you know symptoms now what's what's the protocol yeah it's so confusing when you're getting positives and negatives and you don't know what to do yeah so but really the timing of 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 your testing is very appropriate right you 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 early on you had not minimal symptoms but you tested hadn't hit a peak point yet where it was going to test positive the next day boom now the third day you test positive so certainly now you start, you know, the, the, your clock starts on Tuesday. So really, 
you know, by this Tuesday coming up, Wednesday, Thursday, especially if you have no symptoms, you, you should be in the clear. But certainly watch who you're around right now, because really those first two to five days, which are kind of still in that window, are the peak times for you to spread the illness. Right. Right. Okay. Good. I'm, I'm glad the four dose, because everyone else I've talked to had like two or three doses, has had it now, has been terribly sick from it. But four doses, it's just like a mild cold. So that's good. And Brian, you make a very good point right there. I hope everybody heard that. You know, you got that fourth dose. That just rein, you know, reinvigorated your immune system to a point where you have an illness, but you just have mild symptoms because your immune system turned on, you know, as soon as you, as soon as you had that low-grade fever, um, which minimized your uh, chance of symptoms. So yeah, I, I, really, I, I had, you know, one of the people that I knew that tested positive this week, you know, said to me, I've had all four doses and, you know, darn it, I, I still got it. I thought that was supposed to prevent it. These, these shots don't, these, these aren't preventing COVID. These are minimizing the symptoms so you don't wind up in uh, intensive care like people were, uh, you know, before we had vaccines. 100%. Yep. Thank you for the call, Brian. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Bye. Uh, let me uh, get to a question here on our text line. How long does the virus remain in indoor air? Is it minutes or is it hours? Well, it's more minutes, and it's, you know, the, the amount of time, if you remember the studies that we did a long time ago, you had to be in close contact with somebody for 15 minutes, you know, while they were expelling the virus into the air. So certainly we have not seen any, if you remember, boy, people were taking their mail because they were afraid the mailman had it, leave it in their garage, they wouldn't do their groceries, yep. you know, but certainly we haven't found that that's been the transmission rate. It's more going to be who you're around in a short period of time in close contact than it is, you know, how long it's going to last in the air. It doesn't stay in the air. It doesn't perpetuate in the air. It is going to be one of those where you'd have to be in close contact. So would not be concerned about surfaces. I'd be more concerned about who you're around and how close you are to them. All right. Here is uh, Jackie. You're on WGN. Good morning. You there, Jackie? Hello. Hi. Yeah, I'm here. Hi, gentlemen. My question is not about preventative medicine, but I did have COVID early on last year, and I also had pneumonia. And when I was hauled into the hospital, they attached me to all kinds of things. And as I understand it, they gave me remdesivir uh, as part of the treatment. And by golly, at the end of the second day, I was feeling very, very good. So I don't know why they don't. It's a very expensive drug. I realize that. But I don't know why they don't give it to more people. What's the story on that, Doctor? Yeah. Did you understand? Yeah. What's the story, Doctor? Absolutely, Jackie. So remdesivir is a great medication. We found that it works very well. The difficult thing about it is it's an infusion. In other words, you have to take an IV. What we're finding now is the oral medication, Paxlovid, is working just as well as remdesivir. We also kept the remdesivir for patients hospitalized, for patients that were going to have high comorbidities. So certainly we weren't going to, and we don't have enough, obviously, for anybody who tests positive. Not only don't have enough medication, we don't have enough sites to do the infusions. So we're kind of selective of how we're using it, but you'll start to see more medications coming out that are going to be hopefully the quick, short treatment in an oral pill that you can get from a pharmacy instead of having to go to a hospital. Dr. Kevin Most, the Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Have a great Sunday, Kev. Thank you so much. You take, take care, Dean. We'll talk soon. Ain't no mountain, you know? That Diana Ross sounded fantastic. Ain't no real <laughs>
Queen's Jubilee uh, concert that took place uh, just outside of Buckingham Palace uh, yesterday. I love this version of this song. Remember the first hit from this? 1970? Mm, what, do you, what was Diana that? Ross's version of Ain't No Mountain High Enough? Wasn't it the song? It was the song. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, I remember it. Wow. You ever seen her in concert? No. Seen her many times. She's fantastic. Has always been fantastic. But when you think about, you know, the history of Diana Ross, starting off, you know, one of the first groups of Motown... Uh, one of the originals, one of the the biggest girl groups of all time. The, for, just for the sure. Supremes, and then it was Diana Ross and Diana the Supremes. Ross by herself, right? Uh, I mean, she's been performing almost as long as the Queen has been <laughs> on the throne. You know, you're not far wrong, really. She started performing when she was a girl. Only she, really, the, the what the Queen uh, be, Elizabeth became the Queen what 1952, right? Fifty, yeah. Right? Yeah, 52. And right. then uh, Diana Ross came along in the Supremes, like 63. Yeah. So <laughs> just a few <laughs> years later. Boy, she sounded good there. She sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they had a little technical trouble when she was first starting. Uh, I guess you know, sometimes you can't hear in those little earbuds that they put in for the performers, but they worked it out, and she wound up sounding fantastic. One of many performers who were uh, part of this big jubilee performance it's streaming on hulu it started uh, streaming on hulu today if you want to see uh, the whole thing but uh, uh duran duran uh, was out there because the queen is also hungry like a wolf it's one of her favorite bands <laughs> now the queen was not she wasn't there for the show itself she was she, what would you say she had she had discomfort she had some discomfort and uh how old is uh, the queen now Ninety-six? Yeah. Ninety-six? Ninety-seven? Right. Yeah, she's not going to sit out there while Duran Duran sings. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Prince Charles was there. He, he was out there in Camilla. and Full regalia, too. Full, full re- dress. I wonder wow. how heavy that is. <laughs> That's a good question. I thought of that the other day when, <laughs> when I was watching, I don't know what part of the Jubilee, and they were... They were all marching, and they came out on the balcony and all that. And, uh, you know, the Charles and uh, Prince William and, you know, some of these others who look like they should be in a Grey Poupon commercial. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course. They walk out on the balcony. It's like, what was he? Do you have a Grey Poupon? But, of course. <laughs> right. Uh, Refresh my memory. How long has the Queen been on the throne? They have- <laughs> I'm sorry, I still think that's funny. I know I'm 12 years old. That still cracks me up. <laughs> and you too, I can see. Yes. But I wonder... And I purposely avoid phrasing it that way. <laughs> news story. I'm not going to do it. I got one newscaster in big trouble about 25 years ago with it once. And after 40 years, you haven't gotten me in trouble? I I, I could go again. <laughs> uh, anyway, We're going to have our jubilee coming up. We are. We are. We've been on the throne that long, too. I have some discomfort. I won't be able to be there. <laughs> Boy, if, I, if I took the day off every time I had some discomfort... <laughs> 
Be You'd here. never be at work. <laughs> Jim Toronto would have a whole new retirement plan. <laughs> uh, but I thought about Charles. You know, they walk out on the balcony and they've got out these like incredible, incredible uniforms. Do you call them uniforms? I, I, you know, whatever the it, it's the proper military dress. The, whatever the you know yeah. whatever it's called. The, you know, formal it's, dress, it's military got dress, hardware on it, and. Ribbons and straps and not to mention probably very heavy material. That's what I mean. Yeah, I wonder how heavy it is. I wonder. Let's how... call the prince. <laughs> Shall we call him up? Do you have his number? Sure. Great. Let's get him on. Chuck. We Chuck. Can... <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll feature more of that concert uh, throughout the program this morning. And did I mention you can uh, stream it on uh, on the Hulu? Everybody's. Uh, I want to see that "Ain't No Mountain High Enough" performance. That that's a good wow. one. Wow! And I got to say, Adam Lambert with uh, Brian May, one of the originals from the group Queen, uh, performing the song "We Will Rock You." It's pretty amazing, and you know, it's you know Queen performing for the Queen. It's, yes, you know I like that. I like sort of the alliteration of right, that, of, right, of that absolutely as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what else I enjoyed? This half marathon this morning, nowhere near downtown. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, right. It's uh, the you're route- welcome. You're welcome. By the way, all my decades of complaining. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. All my decades of complaining that they've uh, have them here downtown, paralyzing downtown. The last two marathons haven't been anywhere near us. No, they haven't. This one starts and ends in Garfield Park. Yeah. It goes down to Douglas Park, back through Garfield, up to Humboldt Park, and then around and finishes uh, in Garfield Park. 13.1. Yeah. I've always said they should spread these things out instead of, you know, like killing us here downtown. <laughs> All that money wasted digging that secret tunnel. From your house to get to the station. <laughs> All right, I still use it. <laughs> I still use you it. You avoid me. In my Dean Richards bunker <laughs> that I have down there. You have a throne down there? <laughs> that, that I've been sitting on for 25 years. Yes. <laughs> okay, enough of that. By the way, before we get too far off the uh, talking about the Queen, did you hear about this recorded little, uh, I guess, sketch, you might call it, that she did? With Paddington Bear, are you familiar with Paddington Bear? Oh yeah, Paddington. It's, it's a very popular uh, animated uh, storybook character that they turned into a movie, and it's it's one of the most beloved uh, animal uh, you know characters, animated characters, uh, certainly in the UK, but now because of this movie all over the world, and the Queen did a little comedy bit with them. It's it's really quite charming. Take a listen to this. Perhaps you would like a marmalade sandwich. I always keep one for emergencies. So do I. I keep mine in here. So she pulls, she pulls a marmalade sandwich out of her purse. Later. The queen. The queen doing some physical comedy. She's like the carrot top of the UK. <laughs> Oh, yes, I carry a marmalade sandwich in my purse. <laughs> Along with a grape poupon. Along with the grape poupon. Exactly right. Thank you. So there you go. Uh, boy, that was worth doing, wasn't it? it it's 10.15. Coming up in a, a minute, I, I, I've mentioned uh, the Center 
for the uh, Epiphany of Arts. Uh, it's it's a fantastic venue that's uh, in Chicago that's going to be featuring a music series throughout the summertime. But I wanted to just uh, kind of remind everybody about this amazing, amazing new uh, venue which is uh, available. We'll talk about that when we come right back. Ten twenty one, Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. Uh, last year, I went to uh, a concert. At a place I'd never heard of before, the Epiphany Center for the Arts uh, here in Chicago. And uh, it was the most phenomenal uh, venue that I think I've been to uh, here in the Chicago area. Uh, I want to talk a little about the history of this historic building and what they've got planned there right now uh, with uh, David Chase, who is the co-founder of the Epiphany Center. David, welcome to WGN. Nice to have you with us. Good morning, Dean, and good morning to the listening audience. It is an absolutely glorious day. It is uh, a glorious day and a glorious glorious spot uh, that you've got there. Talk to me first uh, a little about the, the history of this actual venue. Okay, so the you know the the form we're 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 located in the former church of the Epiphany built in 1885 and it's on a national register of historic places. It's been a it's been a um, a, a place with it that has brought community together um, for over a century. Unfortunately, closed in 2011, and my wife and I were who were married here October 5th of 96 were fortunate to be in a position to acquire it and our goal is to continue to bring chicago together for the good of art entertainment and events we have eight visual art galleries four live entertainment venues uh and on forty-two thousand square feet under roof plus an outdoor terrace patio and courtyard and um you know we are uh, thrilled to be able to uh, open our doors to chicago yeah uh now how much restoration did you do there because when you walk into uh, the epiphany center this old church uh you know just saying that it's a, an old historic church really doesn't do justice to the majesty of this building <laughs> It's, well, thank you. I, you know, I, I have to uh, give my my bride uh, total credit on design. But we, you know, my background is real estate development, and, and I've been in the construction industry for many, many years. I'll, I'll be candid. The annex, which was built in '53, I, I've seen very few buildings that were in as rough a shape as as it was, and that's where people generally enter for our entertainment and our programming into our cafe bar. That was a complete restoration and and modification. We cut various masonry openings in between the walls to connect the historic part of the structure to the um, more modern annex to create flow and so you know there's this ever-present spirit here at epiphany and when you go into the former church and look at up at the beautiful vaulted ceilings and the original um patina of peeling paint from 1885 we had it tested to make sure it wasn't lead-based it's actually milk-based you could not get an artist to replicate something like that it is it is just natural. It's beautiful. Yes, we did have to add, you know, new systems, and we had to add, you know, our, our lighting and our sound systems and all that. But for the most part, in the main hall, we were able to preserve what's there. We had to do some restorative work. Now, in the rest of the building, it's pretty much a combination of complete either gut rehab and bringing it back to um, the former standards or preserving what was there for instance in the sanctuary which is one of our 
are, um, you know, very, very uh, quaint, and that's probably, Dean, where you saw the show. Uh, Cabaret-style space, uh, seating for no more than 90, candlelit light, and it's just, that space was just screaming to... uh, live music oh it's it, it's stunning it's intimate it's uh, warm it's you you spent half the time looking around the room at the mm. uh at, at how beautiful it is and then when we were leaving we walked out through the main chapel what you know what used to be the chapel and mm-hmm. it, it is just uh, your jaw drops at how beautiful you know the space is and the idea that well, you're, you. you're using thank it for uh, art and for music, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. as a center for the arts uh, is fantastic. And which kind of brings us to what you're going to be doing there this summer. You've got uh, a, a special uh, blues presentation, the the 2022 blues music series that's going to be going on there, right? We do. And and um, we're working very closely with Lynn Orman. Uh, we just installed a, a, a you know, on, on kind of it was oh, it's a pop up uh, on the on the on the um, the um, the, f- the we, we have the this photo lineup of, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have this lineup of blues musicians. And and last night we kicked off um, the Women of Blues, a, a, a pop up installation adjacent to the sanctuary. So so we have a number of uh, both free entertainment in the sanctuary during golden hour as well as uh, ticketed entertainment. And, you know, whether it's Studebaker John, uh, um, Bear Williams, uh, we're bringing, you know, Jose Ramirez, uh, we're bringing in um, uh, Breezy Radio, um, Wynn Knoll and the Rockin' Souls with legendary Mary Lane on the 12th. Uh, we just had the New Blue Band, uh, which is Charlize um, uh, Guy, Buddy Guy's daughter performing yeah. with uh, Mark Maddox. They raised the roof Friday night, man. Bridget Cur- uh, Purdy's coming in this Friday from L.A. and playing with the Otis Clay Band, including. I mean, this is this is like a, a historic band that's playing with her. So yeah, come on, people can come on down. Uh, Five p.m. Golden Hour, five till eight, free entertainment. Listen to the blues in our courtyard. In fact, right now we have a, a bunch of people doing yoga in the courtyard. But um, <laughs> Wednesday, uh, so Wednesday through uh, Saturday, we have Golden Hour, five till eight, free entertainment, um, but discounts on on wine and beer and food, and then grab a show at seven thirty. It's uh, twenty dollars per ticket, and you will not be disappointed. The lineup is phenomenal and. We have been fortunate to be hailed by Chicago Tribune as one of the top eight best blues clubs in Chicago. And after a year, it's a blessing. And, Dean, you've been in the space. You've felt the energy in the space. You've heard the acoustics. I've been told there's no better better club to listen to blues that in that in the sanctuary at the Epiphany Center for the Arts. Well, and, uh, I, I just love to get the accolades. Yeah, I just love. Uh, I mean, I, I love this blues series that you're doing. Uh, couldn't couldn't be more fun to come and enjoy this kind of music that is so quintessentially Chicago, uh, it, it, but uh, in this architecturally magnificent space. Uh, the Epiphany Center uh, for the Arts, which is, by the way, 201 South Ashland. What is that? Yep. Ashland and what? what Adams. Would be the, Ashland A- and Adams. Ashland and Adams. Yeah, south, southeast corner of Ashland and Adams. You, you, you can't miss it. <laughs> yeah, you really you, you, you really can't. I mean, just look for the most magnificent building in the area. That, that, oh, yeah. That's yeah. where it is. 
to come and enjoy some uh, live music or to see an art uh, exhibition. Uh, it, it's great to see these spaces being, uh, you know, utilized so well here in Chicago. Yeah, if, if everybody, if you, you know, everybody listening out there, if you want to check out the lineup of either art, we have three art openings this month, and I don't know, numerous, not only the blues, but we have other performances during the week in Epiphany Hall, as well as in, in the catacombs. But go to our website at www.epiphanychi.com. That's epiphanychi.com, and click on Art, Entertainment, or Events, whatever interests you. You can find out what our Golden Hour menu is, and it's all, all the information is there, and if you have any questions, feel free to uh, fill out uh, the form, and somebody will get in touch with you that day. Yeah, a lot of, lot of good stuff there. And I love that you're calling it the Golden Hour Shows, by the way. I love that you've, oh, man. That you've named that time of day the Golden Hour. Well, you know, if, you, if we have another minute, I'll explain that. The, when the sun comes around the south and in the west of the building, it shines through the, just these majestic stained glass windows in the clear story part of the building. These are 40, you know, 50 feet up in the air. And the, the sunlight just washes the old historic organ oh, and the mosaics. Wow, wow. And during construction, it was just such an energetic time uh, throughout the year. And, I, and, and my wife and it's man, this is just like a golden hour. And so... As we opened, uh, and we really, we only opened last in March of 2021. And by the summer, we were actually active because of COVID. I mean, it was so repressive, as we all know. But we decided to call the time that we opened the courtyard golden hour. As the sun starts to set, we'll light a fire in our in our fire pit outside. But we later learned that photographers refer to this time of day as being kind of an ideal time hmm. for a shot. Yeah. And we look at it. I'm not saying it's an ideal time for a shot. That's the first time I've said that, a shot of uh, well, whatever you might like. Take, take it as you may. Take, take it as you may, right? It, it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a wonderfully descriptive uh, uh, you know, way to talk about that time of day, but come and experience mm-hmm. the, uh, the, you know, seeing the sun coming through the stained glass windows as well. The, oh, yeah. the Epiphany Center for the Arts is 201 South uh, Ashland Avenue, Ashland, uh, Ashland and Adams. David Chase, the co-founder, uh, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to uh, coming back and seeing some acts there real soon. Thank you, pal. Thank you very much, Dean. 1038, Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. Remember this one, the Olivia Newton-John movie, actually, that uh, co-starred the great Gene Kelly, now that I'm thinking it as well. The roller skating musical Xanadu takes you back to uh, the days when you'd go to your favorite roller rink. Do kids still do that? Is that still a thing uh, for for kids? We would we would go pretty often. I don't remember the name of the roller rinks that we went to on the on the south side, but I know the Axel Roller Rink was uh, a big deal uh, here in Chicago. Uh, there were many. Uh, And that is all brought back in this new musical uh, that is called Skates that is officially opening today at the newly restored Studebaker Theater. Great to have the doors open back at the uh, Studebaker again. Uh, Joining us on the phone line is uh, the uh, creator of uh, Skates. Uh, Christina Rea. Christina, very nice to have you with us. Welcome to WGN. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Now, where did you go? You went to the, the Linwood. Uh, I went to the Linwood Roller right, Rink. Yeah, yes. That, that was South a po- side. That was, a, that was another popular one. That, uh, and it's still popular. It's People th- are still at the Linwood Roller Rink oh, uh, okay. and, 
and every weekend, yeah. Still very much alive. Yeah, I wondered I wondered if that was still a, a thing for kids. Apparently, it most certainly is. Uh, well, there's a definite resurgence. People are, are gathering at the rink and... Uh, you know, enjoying the the everything that the rink brings. It really is a uh, it's a coming together. Pe- brings people together. Yeah, roller skating. It was so much fun going going to the roller skating rink with your friends, and some were better than others. And it was almost as much fun if you if you couldn't skate very well, you just sort of flop around. And do yeah, your... you were there for the slushies. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> exactly. So is was that the inspiration then behind putting uh, yes. skates together? Yes, part part of the inspiration certainly. Um, it's uh, definitely my childhood growing up on you know, south south side of Chicago, and my days spent at the roller rink, at the fabulous roller rink in Linwood, and um, also my my time spent on the road touring with uh, Jesus Christ Superstar in the late nineties. Yeah, that's sort of how all of this started. I understand, right? You were uh, you, you had the part of Mary Magdalene. In Jesus, Jesus Christ Superstar. So how do how do you go from I don't know how to love him to <laughs> let's strap on our skates and uh, do the figure eights? <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, I I, uh, I I really had all. I've always been a writer, and I would had all of these really sort of vibrant, uh, wonderful experiences as a kid growing up uh, south of Chicago. And a big part of my childhood was was at at the roller rink, um, and I had. You know, when I was a kid, I like a lot of people, I was going through an awkward phase, but I was really sure of myself. And when I got out on that rink floor, it's like I blossomed, and mm. I, I felt like the inner inner beauty of me. Everyone could see it. Right. Um, and then, as I was as I was a you know, young woman about to turn thirty, I uh, I had you know sort of blossomed, but I I, I was really off of my axis in terms of, I I thought to myself, you know, what would my 12-year-old self think about some of these choices I've been making in the, you know, in the love department in particular? (laughs) (laughs) I thought my 12-year-old would say, Chris, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was the, that was the, uh, that was the inspiration, really. So uh, walk us through sort of the, uh, the plot line, and I'm really, I'm really curious uh, how you stage this on, uh, you know, a traditional stage uh, at yeah, the same so, time? So the, the story is, it's, the present day is 1994, and it's the story of Jacqueline Miller. She's a rock star, and she is, she's got a hit record. She's touring really on a high, and then she hits some personal and professional complications. And this all happens on the eve that she has agreed to return to her beloved childhood rink, Mm. Windy City Skates, to kick off its reopening. So she takes a retrospective journey back to 1977. She meets up with her 12-year-old self, Jackie. And Jackie has a lot to say about the choices that that Jacqueline has been making. As 12-year-olds will do. Yes, and uh, and you know the the takeaway for the audience really is if you could go back and you could talk to your twelve year old self, what would the twelve year old think about the choices you've made as an adult? Yeah, so this is really sort of a coming of age story. It is. It's a coming of almost age, like with a in, bit of a in, twist. Re- in reverse, almost. That's right. Yeah, bit of a twist. And as far as the um, uh, the roller skating, we don't live completely at the roller rink. We get to meet Jacqueline's family and her friends outside of the roller rink, uh, and there's absolutely no roller skating 
in the show. Hmm. We create the world of the rink and roller skating um, using good old-fashioned theatrical device. Imagi- so, imagination, it, yeah. Yeah, well, it... it, it you will you will feel like the um, that they're skating, but but we're using inventive costuming and movement okay. um, to 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 get the effect. Yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds really really uh, innovative and uh, really really fun. Uh, it must be fun to be in the Studebaker Theater. Uh, am I remembering this correctly? That Skates was supposed to have opened before the pandemic. And you're, yes. you had just absolutely the worst timing as you were originally about to open the show. Yeah, we had uh, had performed three preview performances, and I believe we were six days from our opening when, when the world shut down. And uh, we literally sat at uh, the Royal George Theater. It looked like Pompeii in there. If you <laughs> went in there a year after, there was literally costumes on the ironing board with you know spray bottles <laughs> it, it, it just looked like everything was in a time capsule everybody just uh, dropped everything and left that's that's right which we you know like most people we thought oh we'll be back in a couple weeks couple of weeks once this right. blows over yeah um so we fully intended on returning and as we were preparing our return uh we were informed that they had sold the building and we must vacate so everything went into storage, and I, as a miracles of miracles, uh, it, we we are now at the Studebaker Theater, which is it, it truly is a miracle. It's just such a glorious space with such rich theatrical history, and we are thrilled that we are essentially the first commercial production to be in the Studebaker in roughly 100 years. Yeah, that's that's amazing because I know the Studebaker had only been used sparingly for conventions and, you know, things mm-hmm. things like that, and barely because it was, at that time, uh, sort of in a state of disrepair. But Yeah, uh, and when I was a kid, I, I would go and, and see films there. Yeah. I saw Wings of Desire there. Oh, wow. Uh, so I was I was delighted when I when I you know realize that it was being restored to its original purpose yeah and that, that we are get we get to do it it's just amazing that, that, you know well that's the amazing part because uh i i, I gotta give it to you just for stick to <laughs> uh and not giving up hope and you know sticking to your dream of putting this together you, well i'll you, tell you what dean this skates is really at its core it is about believing in your dreams and resilience. So it's a little bit like art imitating life. Um, and, you know, we've been blessed to to have our, our American Idol stars, Diana DeGarmo and Ace Young, uh, who have been attached to the project since 2018. They are still with us, and they are bringing it. They are leading a phenomenal cast of Chicago uh, talent. Um, so we, we truly are blessed. Uh, to to be surrounded with um, such solid, persistent, resilient, 
and good people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it really, a, it's a lesson to anybody who says, oh, you know, I have this dream, I don't know, there's so many obstacles in my way, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it. Look at you, look at what Christine uh, Christina has, <laughs> has done. Pandemic, theater shutting down, keeping yeah. the cast together, you just were not going to take no for an answer. Uh, for, well, the, the world this whole needs thing. this That's show. very inspiring. Yeah, the world needs the show. Uh, it, it really is. Um, it's the. It, it's a matter of, uh, you know, much of theater, theatrical producing is about where the zeitgeist is, and the world needed this show before the pandemic. Now it really needs it because it is just a joyful, fun, nostalgic ride. It's just. Uh, it, it's you know. Uh, yes, I, I I'm persistent, but I'm, I've also been been blessed with um, sort of the universe telling me, yeah, you know what, the world needs this, so you gotta you gotta stick to it and you gotta do it. Yeah, yep. well, the world, the it's been open in previews, but the uh, world premiere is actually tonight at five five, five o'clock at the newly renovated uh, Studebaker Theater inside the historic Fine Arts Building, which is four ten South Michigan Avenue uh, in Chicago. And uh, I can't wait to uh, get over to to see it. Uh, are, are people allowed to wear roller skates when they come as an audience member? <laughs> I, I guess you could bring your roller skates. I don't. I don't know how the how the uh, the fine arts building uh, staff would feel about people rolling in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. If, certainly, yeah, I'm not sure if your... I would be able to myself. I... Yeah, it might be a little treacherous. Yeah, probably not a good idea. Uh, But uh, come check it out anyway. If people want to get more info, if people want to uh, get tickets, et cetera, what's the best way to do all that? Skatesthemusical.com. Very good. It's uh, Christina Rea. Rea Rea. It's actually Ray. You're saying it correctly. It's an Italian last name, so it truly is Rea, but we're Americanized, and it's Ray. Americanized it to Ray. All right. Thank you. Christina Ray uh, (laughs) skates the musical at the Studebaker Theater. Have a great day today, Christina. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you so much, Dean. Lots of you chiming in uh, and reminding me of where uh, roller skating rinks uh, are or were in the Chicago area. Uh, someone asking, uh, did I go to the Oak Lawn Roller Rink when I was a kid? I think I did. I, I remember when I lived uh, in the South Shore neighborhood, uh, we used to go to some place. Uh, it might have been in the Hegwish area, might have been slightly over the border in northwest Indiana. I don't remember exactly. But when we moved to uh, uh, the Mount Greenwood Beverly area, we definitely used to go to the Oak Lawn Roller Rink. So thank you for uh, remembering that someone in the 708 area code remembering going to the roller rink at Riverview, Riverview Amusement Park, Belmont and Western. Laugh your troubles away. I sort of do have uh, memories of that. Uh, here's someone in the 219 area code saying that they used to go to the Linwood Roller Rink also uh, for their all night skates in the early 80s, uh, skating with my now husband. How about that? I wonder how many uh, marriages uh, you know came uh, as a result of uh, roller skating. But uh, the Fleetwood Roller Rink is being remembered in the Summit area. And uh, people saying that they go roller skating uh, now at Maggie Daly Park in Millennium Park, the Lombard Roller Rink. 
on West 22nd Street in Lombard and uh, the rink in Chatham. So, you know, to answer my question, uh, is that still a thing with kids? Apparently it very much so is still a thing with uh, people going out. And I'm glad anytime I hear about places that are open that require a little physical activity, that require putting your phone down for a minute and, uh, you know, just having some, you know, good old fashioned fun. Uh, I'm all for that. And it sounds like roller skating is alive and well in the Chicago area. Tim Joyce was at Dan Rowan's going away party last night, too. Yes, he was. And he was there last night. I yes, was there. Was. Everybody who is anybody in Chicago broadcasting was there last night to say goodbye to Dan Rowan. Absolutely everyone who was anyone. <laughs> in any capacity in Chicago broadcasting, <laughs> was at this party last night. <laughs> Tom Skilling was there. Yes, he was. Hey, guys. <laughs> Mike Lowe was there. Mike Lowe was there. Gave a beautiful speech. He did. Uh, Brona Tumulty was there. <laughs> Brona Tumulty was there. Sounded like everybody had a great time. Absolutely anyone you can think of in Chicago broadcasting. My fiance was there. There, they had a lovely chat. <laughs> How wonderful! Absolutely, anybody. Great sliders was there. What'd you do last night, Schwanny? <laughs> Fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you missed a good time. You ever been over to that Chief O'Neill? I have. When I was invited by my friends. <laughs> we, Andy yes. and I had nothing to do with the guest. I know. We know. I know. No, I have been to Chief O'Neill's. It's a wonderful place to go. I love that Terrific place. people there. Good um, food. Very Good much food. so, yeah. That, you know, long, yeah. long-time Irish uh, bar. But uh, in addition to it being a lovely uh, establishment, really good food there. Oh, yeah. And uh, so glad you enjoyed yourself. That outdoor area. Thank goodness they had, you know, it was a nice night in that outdoor area because it was packed with every single person you could think of in Chicago broadcasting. <laughs> I was the couch last night, though. <laughs> you had a good time at the couch? <laughs> you, no. watch, you watch any good shows or anything? <laughs> I didn't even have the TV on. Wow. That's how exciting my evening was. Wow. Hey, you know what? You might remember this because I, I was mentioning uh, uh, that w- when uh, when I was a Ute, uh, when I lived on the in South Shore, I, I'm pretty sure that like we would go. Did over they have the radio border. and TV then? We would go over the border to uh, Northwest Indiana, and I think we used to go roller skating in, in Northwest yeah, Indiana. Yeah, I, I heard you mention that. Do and you remember that? I, I I'm, was trying to come up with something. Uh, my friend in Whiting might know. Uh, I was really, uh, when I heard you mention that, I got on uh, the computer here where you can just check on things, yeah. and I couldn't really come up with anything specific, but uh, I can do some checking. Somebody... We, we, it must have been maybe in Hammond. That's what I think. Yeah. That's what I think. Somebody on if you were right across the line there, somebody on the text line said they th- thought they remembered a place called the Hub. The Hub, okay. The hub. Does that sound uh, okay? Uh, I'll I'll do some checking. I here. don't remember the name of it. It was a very uh, very generic looking building, but when you went inside, it was complete magic inside. 
you know, the, the, the roller skating rink. Uh, people, I mean, we, we struck a nerve here on the text line this morning. Yeah, uh, I people, heard. People remembering uh, all the roller skating places that they used to go to. The Hub. Anyone remember The Hub? It was uh, on the north side. It says 4500 Harlem. Uh, people, I, I, I remember, uh, I, I don't think I ever went there, but uh, people are remembering it. Uh, somebody here, 773, says the Hammond Roller Rink was simply called the Hammond Roller Rink. Mm-hmm. Did they say where it was? On Gostlin? Gostlin, okay. Does that mean Yes, anything? North Hammond there, yeah, Gostlin, sure. G-O-S-T-L-I-N. Correct. Gostlin, yeah. You can be in next year's spelling bee. <laughs> Well, I'm not invited to any parties, so I guess I'll just get, settle for the spelling bee. Apparently, have plenty of time on your hands. <laughs> Wasn't there one up on uh, Clark near uh, a little bit north of Wrigley Field? I yeah, want to say there was near one. Lawrence. Yeah. What was that one called? I can't remember. It's not. I don't think it's there anymore. Mm-mm. I went. I went to the uh, the Axel in Niles, and Axel. also the uh, the Glenview Palladium. Yeah, on yeah. Glenview Road. I remember both of those. Yeah. Never went, but. I remember you used to hear commercials on, on radio and mm-hmm. TV for, for these places, and uh, apparently it's still a big deal for the kids. I heard someone texted in saying they, they went roller skating in a roller rink in Riverview. That must have been great. I, can't, I, I don't even remember that. I went to Riverview the final year it was there. 67? Yep, 66, 66 67. 66 we were there. would have been the last year yeah. if they... We were there at the beginning of '67. We, we came into the city and, and went there. I remember it very well. We used to go all the time. Amazingly, from the south side, we, all the way to Riverview. We would take the bus. Hmm. Sure, we took the 79th Street the Western bus. bus. Well, we took the the 79th Street bus to Western Avenue. Okay, yeah, and then we switched and, and uh, then took uh, the Western Avenue bus up to Belmont, where we would laugh our troubles away. Yep, because that yep. was that was that's what you're supposed to do when you got there. That is correct. Can you imagine? I mean, I, I imagine this probably doesn't happen today. Uh, four kids, the four boys, we would go by ourselves on the bus. All that oh, way. Oh, sure. Yeah. That was a long what way to go it? on the bus. 25 cents? Probably. Yeah. And as usual, my three older brothers. I was going to say they pushed you around. Trying to ditch me, ditch the, ditch me the whole time. <laughs> they would get on the bus and close, have the door closed. <laughs> no, no be wonder. Standing why out there crying. I'm the emotional wreck that I am today. <laughs> the Rainbow Roller Rink, Andy. That's what it was called. That yes. was the one on uh, on Clark Street. Good call. Clark and what? Uh, it was right near Lawrence. I think, I think so. I think Clark right. and Lawrence. Lawrence or Montrose, maybe between Montrose and Lawrence. Something like that. Yep. Boy, this has really struck a nerve, though. Um, now, wait a minute. Somebody said, Andy, I, yes. used, I used to skate at Palladium in Glenview. Yeah. And we also swam there? Yeah, it was a multi-purpose facility. Yeah, it had a lot of, a lot of things going on there. There was a gym, I believe, in there as well. Hmm. That was a pretty cool little spot, right, uh, right there on Glenview Road, just past the, uh, the train tracks. The famous Elm Skating Club in Elmhurst with a seven-foot-tall Tony Tallman at the pipe organ. See, that's mm. that's classy right there. When you got a guy on a pipe organ, that's that's classy many, uh, over and over. Go to the Hub, uh, five, 574 area code. Went to the Hub many times. My sister met her husband there, and you could smell the cookies being baked at the Maurice Linnell factory oh, nearby. Oh, man. Ooh, Yes some good memories right there see look at that good memories 
Maurice Linnell. Very good memories. Oh, some fine, fine cookies. All right. So um, the three of us uh, participated in the Alzheimer's uh, walk. Was that two, three years ago? Now? That was like in the 2019. Yes, 2019 yes. Yeah. before the pandemic. And I was showing off all the um, right. Yes, the, you were. The deciduous trees somehow that were surrounding us. Andy and I somehow survived walking with Shawnee for we a few did. hours. Uh, At least I was invited. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we were not in charge of the guest list of last night's. You know what it was? They, they probably invited so many people because it was packed. They probably got to the S's. They probably had to yeah. cut it off. It's got to be what it was. Now that I think of it, I don't know if I met anyone there who's, well, oh, so, Skilling. So R, Skilling was there. R was the last letter. Apparently. Right after Richard's. Then they had no more room. Apparently they got to S-K. Actually, they got to Skilling. S-N because uh, Bill Snyder was there, Bill, the uh, weather producer Bill as well. Snyder, well, yeah. you, you may just have been. No, they, yeah. you know what? It probably was they they misspelled my name just as S-W-A-N. Yeah, or maybe Dave they, Swan. Or maybe they just didn't want you there. <laughs> There's that. That's entirely possible. Uh, um, what was I saying now? I forget. Oh, the Alzheimer's walk. Uh, this The month of June is Alzheimer's Awareness Month, and when we come back from the break, uh, we'll talk with the uh, Alzheimer's Association of Illinois. Where are we in the fight against Alzheimer's? So many people are dealing with it. We'll get to that next. Eleven nineteen would be your time. Turning into a beautiful day here in Chicago. Dean Richards Sunday morning. The month of June has been designated Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. It'll be a good time to uh, chat with our friends over at the Alzheimer's Association of Illinois. Uh, but just kind of where we are in the fight against Alzheimer's, kind of progress is being made. Uh, so many are, are dealing with this either. Uh, something which has been uh, diagnosed for themselves or uh, something that loved ones now are going through and more and more people are becoming uh, caretakers of their loved ones. Uh, Delia uh, Javier is the executive director of the Illinois chapter of Alzheimer's uh, Association. Uh, We uh, had a great time, uh, Delia, at that wonderful, wonderful gala that uh, we had uh, over at the Hilton Hotel. Uh, I hope, I, I never heard the final total, but I assume quite a bit of money was raised that night, was it? Absolutely. Good morning, Dean. It was an amazing event, and um, we we're still adding up some funds, but I want to say that close to $700,000 was wow. raised for this gala to benefit the Alzheimer's Association. That's, yes. that's fantastic. The Rita Hayworth Gala. Yeah, the Rita Hayworth Gala and Princess. Uh, uh, my, I think my first time ever meeting an actual princess, Princess Jasmine, Rita Hayworth's daughter, who's been very actively involved in the fight against Alzheimer's, uh, was uh, was there, and uh, uh, we 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 just had a, a wonderful, wonderful evening. I, I'm always so moved when I host any of these Alzheimer's uh, events. Uh, hearing the stories and what people go through who are are gallantly uh, fighting through this disease that seems like it is affecting more and more people. 
Am I correct, or are we just hearing about it uh, more now because of social media? Absolutely. I think it's a combination of both. I think it's the fact that the association has done a really good job at raising awareness about the disease and raising concern. And so we're talking about it more. And as a result of that, more and more people are paying attention to the signs and symptoms and seeking out an actual diagnosis as opposed to, you know, looking at it as a normal sign of aging, which it's not. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, more and more people are just bravely facing this, uh, not, you know, stepping over the stigma that was once attached to uh, living with Alzheimer's, you know, that they are are telling people, this is what I'm dealing with, this is what's going on in my life, and and I'm dealing with it. So, you know, maybe maybe it's that as well, huh? You're absolutely correct. And um, if you remember at the gala, um, Brian was one of the speakers who suffers with early onset, and he talked about his story and how he was diagnosed and how he has faced this head-on. Him and his family were present. And um, it, it's also part of what the association is really talking about during the month of June through Alzheimer's Brain Awareness Month and is raising um, awareness around the stigma associated with um, this disease, which for the longest time has prevented people from talking about it. And so we want to make sure, particularly as it relates to uh, early onset diagnosis, which happens in people under 60 years of age, sometimes 50s and even in their 40s, as well as mild cognitive impairment, which can become Alzheimer's disease later on. Um, We want to make sure that that stigma goes away so that more people can be uh, can be diagnosed and talk can more people can talk about it yeah so when should somebody become uh, concerned or uh, seek medical help everybody forgets things hey, you know everybody said you know what did I come into this room for uh, where did I leave my car keys absolutely but but when 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 do you uh, you know when do you say eh, I better go get this checked out? Yeah, as you said, Dean. I mean, this happened to me this morning. I walked into the kitchen and I totally forgot what I went in there for. But when you when this happens to you, typically you can trace your steps back and remember why you came into the room. When it comes to mild cognitive impairment or the early stages of the disease, oftentimes you don't remember. Um, People sometimes also get diagnosed, for instance, if they leave the house for a walk and they can't find their way back home, even though they have gone on the same walk every year for, you know, 20, 30 years. Decades, right. Um, Decades, right. A friend of mine was diagnosed when on his way to a college that driving with his wife next to him the same route that he had done for 20 years two miles away from his home he could not remember how to get there and um, his wife had to talk him through the directions to the college he was 54 or he is he was 54 at the time that was one of the ways that he knew something was wrong yeah um and so it's it's forgetting things that are making it disruptive to your day-to-day life. It's not just your simple, oh, you know, I I forgot what I came into the room. It's something that's really making 
life a little bit more difficult than it than it needs to be. Yeah, it really is quite mysterious, isn't it? In my mom's final years, uh, she would she had practically no short term memory. She would repeat the same right. qu- questions over and over and over. But if you asked her, uh, what about so-and-so's wedding in 1950, she could give you exact details of what people were wearing and what she did. She remembered you know, things from long ago perfectly, but not something that happened right. 10 minutes ago. Absolutely. And, and, you know, what we are trying to communicate during the month of June, of course, for people in terms of removing the stigma is, what you're helping us do today, which is providing education to folks about. And then we want people to know not to make assumptions. Don't assume that uh, Alzheimer's or dementia affects people the same way. People uh, experience this disease differently depending on when the diagnosis happened, how old they are. Um, We also want to make sure that folks know to continue to show support Alzheimer's is a disease of the brain, but the person is still very much there. They are, their, their brain may be deteriorating, but they're still there, and they still can communicate. They still respond to things, um, and so it's important to continue to show support. Remember that that person inside is still there. Yeah. And then we what? also want to make sure that the caregiver... The person who cares for the person with the disease is supported. I'm sorry. No, I I was just going to ask what kind of progress are we making in any kind of treatment? I know there had been talk of an Alzheimer's pill, uh, Alzheimer's treatment. Uh, What's the progress being made with that? So there are several things in the pipeline. Um, Within the next couple of years, we'll probably see a few more classes of drugs that are coming out. Of course, you know about Biogen that came out last year, which um, was essentially designed to treat the underlying biology of the disease and perhaps removing amyloids from the brain. Um, uh, Improvement on those types of drugs are happening. And, and then there are other types of um, drugs that are coming out over the next couple of years. There's also a lot of work being done around a blood test and a blood test that would help perhaps identify things in the bloodstream that lets you know that, that the diagnosis can be done a lot, a lot sooner. And we know that the sooner the diagnosis, the better the treatment um, and the more effective those treatments are in the early stages. So, And this is all happening because... We are funding research more. We funded research to the tune of almost $3.5 billion with a B in um, the past year versus what was merely $400 million about six years ago. So the more we fund research, the more we are able to find treatment and ultimately be able to find a cure for this disease. So lots of progress, lots of things, but I can't help but also mention that We've only been talking about this disease for the last 40 years. So it's a fairly new conversation that's right. being had. Right. And in, in spite of that, we're making a lot, a lot of progress. Well, that's why I would like to add to the dialogue as much as I can here on my program. 
so people understand what's going on. As more and more people are affected by it, as more and more people uh, become caregivers to people who are affected by it, I always say the more information we have, it's, it's, it's the best uh, weaponry we have against the disease, arming ourselves with knowledge. Uh, people can get more information on your website, I believe. Is that correct? That's correct, and that's ALZ.org, or they can call our 1-800 number, which is 800-272-3900. And then real quick, I just want to mention that the, the fact that June is Alzheimer's Brain Awareness Month, we're going to be lighting lots of buildings in Chicago the week of June 21st, which is the longest day. And so I'm encouraging you to be looking for the skylines turning purple in support of Alzheimer's Brain Awareness Month. Yeah, wear some purple this month also just to to bring some awareness to it as well. Uh, Delia, it's nice to talk to you. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Delia uh, Gervier is the executive director, the Illinois chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Enjoy your Sunday, Delia. Thank you. Thank you, Dean. Absolutely classic. Judy Garland's Somewhere Over the Rainbow from Wizard of Oz. Just one of her 25-plus motion pictures that she made in her relatively short career. Uh, uh, Career and life uh, cut short because of uh, addiction issues. Uh, the, The story of Judy Garland's life is a fascinating one, but the legacy that she left us in her very short life uh, is remarkable. Uh, Judy would have turned 100 years old on June the 10th. Uh, uh, June the 10th, 1922, she was born. So to celebrate the centennial of Judy Garland, uh, the Gene Siskel Film Center is uh, doing something uh, pretty cool. And we uh, wanted to uh, share that with you right now. Joining us on the line now is the programming director for the Gene Sisko Film Center, Rebecca Fons. Rebecca, welcome to WGN. Nice to have you with us. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So, uh, you know, you, you start going through the Judy Garland filmography, and it reads like a, uh, a who's who of say, some of the greatest films, uh, giving us some of the greatest songs, really, of yes. all, all time, the the impact uh, that Judy Garland made in her her short life uh, was was really quite remarkable. Don't you agree? I do. And, you know, even just hearing that somewhere over the rainbow, I think everyone has a connection to that song. You know, it, it, whether you watched Wizard of Oz as a kid or, or with your kids, I, I get misty eyed even just hearing it now. Even though it's a song I've heard so many times, she really did make an impact and make an imprint on on everybody and, and across generations. Even after she had passed away, she was still influencing moviegoers' lives through through Wizard of Oz and through through all of these really amazing films that she that she starred in. You know, and you you can say that uh, you know her impact uh, still is felt mm-hmm. w- with the Academy Award winning uh, motion picture on her life. That came out. What was it? A couple, yeah. a couple of years ago now, for which uh, Renee Zellweger won an Oscar. Uh, yeah, for, and, and for I think that Judah. film really kind of 
reminded people of her talent and also, as, as you mentioned in the intro there, of the struggle of her life, because it is incredibly tragic. But even with that tragedy, it, there's sort of this parallel of her filmography, which is so joyful and so wonderful and so full of merriment and um, and, and laughter and song. Yeah, uh, which is why I love uh, what it is that you all are doing at the Gene Siskel Film Center with uh, Judy, a Judy Garland summer centennial that is going on through the month of June and July, celebrating uh, Judy Garland with uh, showing showing her her films. But here's the thing that I really really love: uh, people can see these movies on a big screen the way they were mm-hmm. intended to first be seen, not mm-hmm. on not on your little small. Te- well, people have big televisions in their houses now, <laughs> but still, compared to going to the Gene Siskel Film Center and seeing it up on uh, see these movies on a big screen. Uh, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll see all, all the films in a completely different way, I think. Absolutely. And, and the majority of the films we're showing are on 35 millimeters. So not only are they the way that they were intended to be shown, but they're also on the format that they were originally shown. Um, we just showed Meet Me in St. Louis this, this past week. And I mean, the, the print is these gorgeous reds. She wears that beautiful red dress when she sings Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And it's just, I mean, the, the texture and the color of her dress and her skin and the, and, and it just is really, really a, a kind of life altering movie going experience if I can if I can be hyperbolic a bit, but it's just you really, really are your breath is taken away by how 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 huge she was on the big screen, not just in the screen size, but just her personality, her talent, and the way that she connects with the audience the audience through her songs and through her performances. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about um what you're gonna be showing uh, throughout the summertime. Yeah, we're showing nine films, uh, really a, a mixture of her work from as early as uh, The Wizard of Oz to uh, Judgment at Nuremberg, which was one of her last films in 1961, and which she was nominated for a Best Supporting Actress for. Um, and she doesn't sing and dance in Judgment at Nuremberg. It's a, it's a pretty dramatic uh, uh, film, uh, co-starring Marlene Dietrich and, and Burt Lancaster. But she's it's so fabulous to see her in that as well, because she's older and she's showing her dramatic chops. Um, and we also have a lot of joy and singing and dancing in between those two films, um, including Easter Parade with Fred Astaire, where she plays actually someone who who struggles with dancing and singing, and he has to kind of uh, teach her how to be his, his dance partner. Uh, one of my favorites, which is Summerstock, uh, where she plays a, a farm girl who falls in love with Gene Kelly. Um, a Star is Born, which is maybe one of the ones she's she's the most famous for, and of course has been remade many times over. Um, so it's a, it's a really, it's a great mixture of uh, more dramatic roles, um, musical performances, comedic performances, lots of romance, lots of singing. Um, it, I will say it was it was so much fun to put this program together, and we just are choosing a snapshot of of her terrific filmography. Um, and it and we had so much fun putting it together. We've we're already getting feedback from audiences that it's just a really really joyful time at, at the movies. Yeah, it must have been so much fun uh, and challenging at the same time to figure oh, yeah. out what to put into this because you know there's just so much from which to choose mm-hmm. on this and i think uh, you know for, for younger people uh to see a star is born uh there there was a version of this movie before barbara streisand and chris christopherson <laughs> and, and lady gaga and, yeah. 
uh, you know, uh, so uh, you know, see, the, and there was one even before Judy Garland yes, and right. James, James Mason's uh, version of it. It's one of the greatest films of all time, one of the greatest stories of all time. Mm-hmm. But to see how this, you know, Easter parade somewhere over the rainbow. Uh, you know, little girl with Mickey Rooney, let's put on a show in the, mm-hmm. in the barn, uh, you know, takes on this very meaty role. And then this incredibly dramatic performance in Judgment at uh, Nuremberg. Mm-hmm. Boy, you, you will see every side of Judy Garland in in these uh, nine films that are going to be shown. Mm-hmm. It's true. And, and, and so often, you know, both in The Star is Born and then in um, in Easter Parade, she plays these sort of ingenues who have to kind of learn how to sing and learn how to dance and, you know, are, are a little bit shy. And then see, it, it's this really sort of magical uh, talent that she has where she has to kind of hold hold her talent back. And then we see it kind of blossom on screen. Um, some of that is true in Summerstock as well, where she's sort of this begrudging um, uh, uh, member or, you know, begrudgingly around a theater troupe. You know, she's not the performer. She has a sister who's the performer, and she has to kind of come to terms with uh, with her talent. So it's it's really lovely. She's she's so multifaceted, and, and her life is so often what we think about when we think about her is her life and the tragedy behind it. But we it, this series is a great reminder of just what an amazing amazing um performer she was what an am- amazing american talent she was yeah it, that should not be forgotten so i hope people will uh check it out uh if people want to get more information it's uh siskelfilmcenter.org is that correct that's right and and if you want to go straight to the judy page it's siskelfilmcenter.org slash judy and all the tickets are on sale and showtimes are listed there for you okay but you you have uh i mean in addition to this you have uh so much uh that's going on one of my favorite things to do is to just look at your schedule and to see what i don't have time to come and see i wish i did <laughs> uh, because you're you you the the films that you are showing are uh, just fantastic. I haven't watched uh, Hoop Dreams oh, yeah. uh, in such a long time, and that's going to be screened uh, tomorrow night. Uh, mm-hmm. You have, um, oh my gosh, uh, Metropolis is yes. going, going to be screened, uh, which is a classic this coming Thursday. You have uh, the original The Day the Earth Stood Still yes. uh, next Sunday, one week from uh, today. But uh, the list goes on and on. Please take a look at the website and look at all the, the great films that are coming on, uh, coming up uh, shortly. And again, you get to see these movies on big screens. I mean, it's, it, it's fun to watch these movies on a cable channel and watch them at home. But to see them in an actual theater with an actual audience in all of its majesty on a big screen is something truly special. That is true. Thank you. We we could not agree more. And uh, and also to be with your fellow movie lovers is really, really special. You know, those moments where our breath is caught in our throat or we laugh or we cry. It really is a communal experience. And we're so happy to be welcoming audiences back for, for the Judy Garland series and, and the films you mentioned. We're having have a lot of fun uh, welcoming new faces and, and returning patrons to the film center. Yeah, we're so lucky to have the uh, Cisco Film Center available to us. Anything else? Coming up that people should know about? 
Well, we just announced we're going to be honoring Matt Damon uh, as part of our 50th um, anniversary. Our, our yearly fundraiser is coming up at the end of June, which is going to be a lot of fun. He's going to be in, in virtual conversation with Robert Downey Jr., who's a member of our advisory board. So so we've got, you know, Judy Garland in the, in the past and then uh, amazing talents like Matt Damon and Robert Downey Jr. coming coming to us on the big screen. So we're excited. It's going to be a really busy and really fun summer at the Film Center. SiskelFilmCenter.org to get more information information rebecca fons uh nice to talk to you i hope you have a great sunday today thank you thank you thanks dean 20 name that singer is it smoky robinson nope definitely not neil diamond no it's definitely not neil diamond his song sweet caroline yeah any ideas andy i don't have any idea give you a clue okay were they invited to the party last night <laughs> there we go wait let's do this any idea I'll give you let me ask you this about this singer do you think he's sexy ah a little rod stewart rod huh? stewart how about oh. that how about that Now, why? now I yes, now I definitely yeah, now you can it. hear yeah. the Rod Stewart right. of it. Right. See there you go. You would never associate this song with Rod Stewart though. Rod Stewart felt the same way. <laughs> he said that he, before he sang this song at the Queen's Jubilee uh, last night, he said that the BBC made him sing this song. Huh. Oh really? Yeah. You would think that a Rod Stewart wouldn't actually be forced by anybody. Right, no. yes. Yeah. To, uh, you know, that he's sort of at a point in his career that he could pretty much do whatever he wants. Right, I was going to say, there's a there's a performer with longevity. And a catalog. Yeah, he's got his own seat. He could have sang, Do You Think I'm Sexy to the Queen? Uh-huh. Or Have I Told You Lately That I oh, Love You? Or see? some Maggie huh? May, yeah. Maggie, no, I'm not Maggie May. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe Sweet Caroline was the best <laughs> Yeah, choice. I guess. After all, no, he's got uh, plenty of songs that he could have... You know, have, have I told you lately that I love you? Is, yeah. Although that's a Van Morrison song. You're in my heart, you're in my soul. But he did it. He did that he, song. He, uh, he, he, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Did I ever tell you how much I don't care for Rod Stewart? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I have... I saw him perform at uh, Summerfest in Milwaukee in uh, 1990, I want to say. Right. And he was still able to kick soccer balls into the crowd at that point because uh, people were actually paying attention and not on their phones. Uh, he, he played, <laughs> Good point. Yeah, he played for about four hours. It was amazing. It was actually a great show. I don't know what it is about his voice. I know people love him. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not for me. I have, yeah. the, I have the same visceral reaction to Rod Stewart as I do when I hear Neil Young. Hmm. And I know people love Neil Young. It's I, that voice, huh? It's just, I, it's just not for me. I like Neil Young. Okay. It's, uh, you know, a lot of people do. Probably most people do. I just don't happen to be one of them. He's no Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> He's no Rick Roll, you know that. Yeah. 
Nobody's Rick Rolling uh, well, no. Neil, Neil Young or Rod no one's going to give him well, up. Sure. No one's going to let him down. You know, and I know you can't compare him to someone like Bobby V, but I mean, he's you know he does a great job. <laughs> you know, you know who he who he isn't. Roger Miller. <laughs> he's there. Right. Or Mitch Miller, for or that Mitch matter. He's, no, he's none of the Millers. He's none of the Millers. <laughs> no, I know a lot of people like. I, I don't know what happened. I used to like his songs. I used to jam Maggie May in, in my yep. car. Oh. I used to jam it in my Heard car. Heard that all the time. Oh, just playing it so loud. Uh, Stay with me. I don't know. Stay with me. I yeah. I love him. With with faces? With the group, the faces? Yeah. With the ooh-la-la. Yep. And uh, I don't know what happened at some point. Just uh, I, I get uh, goosebumps now. And not in a good, not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me just just another facet of what makes in, inside the mind of dean richards i don't want to go there <laughs> yeah you don't want to believe me you do not want to go there do not want to be in that vortex of darkness <laughs> uh people are uh, saying online that maybe he sang that in honor of princess caroline well, it could be. Uh, yes that makes sense that makes sense okay uh, and that's when the BBC made him sing it. Very interesting. They made him sing it. That's what he said at the beginning of the song. Mr. Stewart, he you said, are to sing Sweet Caroline. Uh, the next song I'm going to sing for you, the BBC is forcing me to sing. <laughs> like, well, what an intro that is. Thank you. Uh, so you could... Uh, you could you could see Rod Stewart. I'll fast forward through it, but most people can. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, see it. Along. I do want to see that Diana Ross. Diana, uh, ain't no mountain high enough. Diana Ross. Definitely want to see was that. Great. She did like a ten minute, ten twelve minute uh, set of her songs. Uh, she was on. Uh, Ed Sheeran uh, performed. Adam Lambert and Brian May from Queen performed. Uh, who else? Duran Duran. Uh, the uh, Alicia Keys, hmm. Alicia Keys uh, performed uh, at the uh, big jubilee performance last night, and why? In honor of the Queen being on the throne for seventy years, and <laughs> she was also on the balcony. Uh, did you hear the the latest? This now morning? she actually did, she did. Uh, make an appearance at the balcony uh, the, during the final day today. Of course, they're six hours ahead of us, so it's now six thirteen p.m. in right. London. But right. uh, she she did make an appearance at the balcony and wave to uh, the fans oh, there. That's nice. Uh, just and and as it says here in the story, and I'm reading this verbatim: delighting fans who had coped to catch a glimpse of her during the final day of festivities, marking the monarch. 70 years on, on the, throne. the throne right <laughs> it'll never get old will it i don't believe that they read that like 12 year old boys reading the, it like we do the 96 year old monarch has curtailed her schedule in recent months due to problems moving around oh, god bless her indeed uh there is just why why is that so charming to us all I, what the queen? The queen? Where, where, well, I thought you meant on the throne. Being on the throne for seventy years? Well, that would be interesting too. But that sounds like you want somebody want to call in for some medical help. But, Ron but, Brown is just <laughs> losing it over here. We're all ten-year-old boys. That's why. Can we have one mature adult on this show? Why start now? That's exactly it's very true. 
We really haven't had one since Lyle Dean was on the show. And he was really kind of questionable also, to be honest with you. <laughs> but um, that's nice. It, it's it's nice that she, uh, you know, giving people the thrill of a lifetime, having her come out into the balcony like that and giving a wave. But we are fascinated by all things royal, aren't we? We are, yes. Here in uh, in the in the U.S. Is that because... Because of the closeness of the two countries, uh, because, you know, we, we, we like uh, the idea of some kind of monarchy. Keep in mind, about 225 years ago, we weren't too close. <laughs> well, that's true. That's <laughs> but true. things, you know, over time, and especially really during World War II, we became very of close and course. have been ever since. For me, it's the history of the fact that Look how long this monarchy has lasted. It's a democracy now, but the monarchy of a thousand plus years. I right. mean, she and Prince Charles and the, the Harry and William, they are directly related to the Queen Elizabeth I yeah. and Henry VIII That's and right. those guys. Yeah. I'm Henry VIII. I am Henry VIII. I am. I am. I got married to the widow next door. She'd been married seven times before. I knew I everyone was an Henry. Henry wouldn't have a Willie or a Sam. I'm a eighth old man. I'm Henry. Henry VIII. I am. Oh, Ron's on the floor now. H E N R Y. It's our tribute to Herman's Hermits. For all you young broadcasters out there, that was a group called Herman's Hermits. Peter Noon. Peter Noon. Yeah. And the first edition of the Sunday Morning Karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> when when we do this at Park West, we're going to book <laughs> we're going to book this at the Park West. Uh, Park West, the Auditorium Theater, <laughs> man. <laughs> when Schwanee and I do our Chad and Jeremy <laughs> tribute. <laughs> There won't be a dry eye in the house. <laughs> yes, they will be crying out of misery. People will be, people will be crying. They will be leaving. We can guarantee that people will definitely be crying. That's for sure. Uh, so, anywho, did I say that the the the, uh, the Jubilee concert is going to be somebody? Somebody just texted second verse, same, same as, as the, as the first. first. <laughs> Nice to know that you people out there are just as stupid and immature as we are. You want a version of Mrs. Brown? You've got a lovely daughter now. <laughs> something tells me I'm into something okay. good. All right, enough. Our, our uh, new producer, Jack, just quit. Yeah. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Jack, are you understanding why most producers only last six to nine months on this show? I'm, ca- I'm catching up. Catching up. I'm catching up. Yeah. Sometimes it's six to nine weeks. <laughs> <laughs> or days. Uh, so, uh, what was I... What you was were it? saying that, oh, that, that the you concert, can see this whole concert. The whole Jubilee concert that was on yesterday. And really, it was quite spectacular. Don't, don't let our interpretation of it uh, taint you in any way. Uh, it was really quite spectacular. And it's streaming on Hulu today. So you can go check that out there. So, uh, did you see I've been doing some barbecuing on uh, TV? I've yes. Been, been doing some uh, doing some Q. And uh, I did some salads uh, this past week, summer salads. Uh, Andy, are, are you eating a lot of salads? Andy's lost how much, 20 pounds? 22, yeah. 22, Not that I'm counting. 22 pounds uh, with the, uh, on the Weight Watchers yeah, program. Yeah, on WW. Yeah. The WW, as they're, they're calling it. 
And uh, how are how are you doing with all that? Is it easy? Is it yeah challenging? Is it well, it's just getting used to it. It's challenging for me because I am a snacker and I have a gigantic sweet tooth. I think I may have two or three sweet teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the hardest part. But you know, it's it's basically learning how to uh, supplement snacks with good snacks like uh, fruit and things of that nature. So I've been doing that, and uh, yeah, we we have been doing some salads. So yeah, it's uh, I I love it in the summertime. To you know, just make a you can just make a nice fresh green salad, and that's quite delightful. But I here here are a couple of the different salads that I made this week on TV. I made a, a garbanzo bean salad, mm. garbanzo can of garbanzo beans, uh, you know, rinsed, and so you get all the gooky stuff, mostly the sodium out of it. Can of garbanzo beans, chop up a cucumber, chop up a tomato. Uh, and then, you know, I, I put a little uh, green pepper in it, a little red pepper in it. Uh, I put some feta cheese, although you don't have to because I put feta cheese in everything. Um, and uh, you just mix it up with b- a basic vinaigrette dressing. And what it, kind of lettuce? It is so no lettuce. No lettuce. No, no lettuce. Oh. It's, garba- it's mostly the salad itself is mostly garbanzo, tomato, and cucumber. Onion. Oh, I put, uh, I, uh, you know, the Vidalia onions are starting to come in now. And, oh, I could eat a Vidalia onion like an apple. They are so sweet. Aren't they delicious? They're the best. Yep. Oh, my gosh. I love them so much. Or, you know, grill one up on, on a sandwich or something like that. They're so good. But but I cut up some Vidalia onion. I put that in there. But it's just basically that with the vinaigrette dressing, like an Italian uh, dressing, uh, in, you know, you can put more stuff, w- whatever you want in it, but the combination of the cucumbers and the garbanzos and the tomatoes really uh, make the salad. And it's a meal; it's completely a meal. And garbanzos are pretty high protein, so I mean, that is really a nutritionally complete meal. Would that be on your Weight Watchers? Would that be allowed on your? That is a zero point food, which oh. is actually actually very good you know so you can really like shovel it in then you could shovel in uh, up to let's see a little a uh, little over a cup full of garbanzo beans yeah okay well, that's a lot a cup, yeah. a cup of garbanzo beans is quite quite a bit i made that i made a salad check this out now see how this uh, floats with you uh, a spinach salad fresh spinach with uh, watermelon and cantaloupe what else did I put in? Some cucumbers. Put in some cucumbers and a dressing. It's like a vinaigrette dressing, except I put I, I squeeze the lime into it and put some lime zest into it. So it's like very tropical tasting. But, oh, like on a hot day, so refreshing. Have you tried a spinach and strawberry salad that that with be- a vinaigrette and put in some uh, nuts in there? Seriously, the walnuts? Or uh, some pecans, right? Slivered almonds would yes be, would be good on there. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that's a good summer salad. That's a fantastic summer meal, in my opinion. I maybe mean, some chicken with it. Put a little piece of salmon, maybe mm-hmm. something like that uh, on there if you really wanted to supplement. But uh, the the salads themselves are you know just great basic meals all by all by themselves. Uh, I made a bunch of salads, and all the recipes are on TV. Three one two. No. Uh, on TV, the website, www.wgntv.com uh, w- slash Dean Cooks. We have so many pl- sites and stuff. 
WGNTV.com slash Dean Cooks. And you can get all the recipes uh, for that. We did some grilled pizzas a couple of weeks ago on TV. Uh, I've been wanting to do a smoked brisket. Have you ever done a smoked brisket? I've eaten it. I never. Yeah, I've eaten it. I've never made one. I think it's a little challenging. Who's done smoked brisket? Anybody? 312-981-7200. How much time do I have to devote? If I'm going to do a smoked brisket, I think it's pretty much an all-day affair. I've done I've done pulled pork, and it's like a, to do it properly, it's like six hours, something like that. Is that the same with a brisket? I really want to do a brisket. Uh, anybody who's done it, give me a call. I'd like to get uh, some help from you on that. 312-981-7200. You know what? If you don't call, Shawani and I are going to sing again. <laughs> you don't want that. Please call. The phone lighting up? I'm sure it is. Uh, somebody somebody texted in, you guys crack me up. I'm home with COVID. This is the first time I've laughed, <laughs> laughed in days. In days. <laughs> Any phone calls yet? Uh, Dean, <laughs> when you guys started singing, I'm Henry Eighth. I am, <laughs> I was already well into singing it out loud in my kitchen. How about it? All right. So it's a sing-along show now. We've created a new show. It's the Dean, Dave, and Andy sing-along yes. show every Sunday morning. W-G-N. All right, coming up, our uh, food time show, Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show, the award-winning All Things Edible uh, food time coming up after our news update at twelve thirty. We're going to talk about smoking a brisket. I don't know why. I just I have stuck in my brain that I want to smoke a brisket, uh, and uh, I I plan on doing that maybe like for a Fourth of July uh, thing. I, you know whether we do it on TV. I'm definitely going to try it at home uh, first, so I don't mess it up and embarrass myself on TV. But uh, I, I do have a smoker at home. I have uh, an old-fashioned Weber kettle, uh, which uh, that, the last time that I made a pulled pork, I did it on the old-fashioned Weber kettle with charcoal briquettes long time ago. And you know what? It was delicious, absolutely delicious. Uh, and, uh, so I, maybe I'll do it that way. Uh, I know a lot of people are doing these, uh, what are they called, uh, ta- tagger? The, the Tagger Smokers, Weber has uh, a line of uh, uh, smokers now. I think they're called Smoke Fire that automatically feed pellets into the uh, the, the smoker uh, so you can do you know low and slow kind of cooking. I, th- I think that's the key to it. We'll get to all of that and uh, so much more. Uh, talking about grilling and, uh, you know, Father's Day is right around the corner. It's a good Father's Day kind of thing to do. You know, feed feed dad uh, some meat, dad like meat. Uh, so we'll get to some uh, recipe ideas for all of that and more, all coming up on our food time show in just a few minutes here. Uh, on uh, television uh, this week, we're going to be doing some barbecue ideas uh, and uh, things that you can do for Father's Day, and really pretty much for the next couple of months, we're going to be concentrating on things to do, out, things you can cook outside. Uh, when I do my uh, Wednesday cooking segments on WGN-TV Morning News. Uh, recently, we did uh, four different kinds of kebabs. We did uh, some brat kebabs. Made you know, I took some bratwurst, cut them up into pieces, put them on skewers with uh, some vegetables. They were delicious 
these brats uh, uh, as uh, kebabs were great. We did some Italian sausage kebabs. We did some uh, protein, uh, uh, plant-based kebabs as well for people who are vegan. Uh, And we worked those out. Those are all on uh, our website, uh, WGNTV.com slash Dean Cooks. I I grilled up some corn, truly one of my favorite things in life, Uh, corn on the cob on the grill. That's the best way to cook corn on the grill. I grilled up some corn. Uh, I mixed it in with some uh, a variety of different kind of vegetables, some pasta and um, nice uh, vinaigrette uh, dressing with some uh, Parmesan and Romano cheese in it and made a, you know, I made it the day before because I like how it tastes better the next day. Let all the flavors kind of incorporate themselves into each other. Uh, did that. So that was kind of a, you know, on the grill kind of thing, too. Uh, all the recipes are at WGNTV.com slash Dean Cooks. We'll talk more about grilling as we continue with our food time show coming up next. All right. 12.38. See if we can whet those appetites a little bit out there with our food time show. Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show, the award-winning All Things Edible program. Heard every Sunday at this time. Now, uh, also, cooking on television. On our WGN TV morning news every Wednesday morning, usually around 9.30 in the morning. I'm out uh, behind a grill or behind a stove someplace uh, creating some concoctions. We cooked a couple of weeks ago with... PBS chef Diane Cochellis from my uh, Greek table. I've cooked with uh, Lydia Bastianich, cooked with lots of the uh, PBS chefs, created a lot of our own recipes. You've uh, submitted recipes to me, and we've uh, done some of those. I've been asking some of the uh, actors and actresses that I uh, interview uh, lately uh, for some recipe ideas, and we've gotten some really good recipes from some of them. Uh, so we have a lot of fun every Wednesday uh, doing all that uh, cooking and uh, love talking about it here with you. As I was mentioning before the news that I uh, kind of got a, a bug up my bun about uh, wanting to smoke a brisket. I've never done it before. I've done pulled pork. And uh, I want to get some ideas from some of you on this. And Brian, uh, you, uh, you you are a, a brisket smoker from way back, apparently, huh? <laughs> not, not way back, but uh, but back enough. You're talking uh, a minimum of twelve hours, oh, close wow. to the sixteen. Okay, oh. you got a, you got about a twelve hour cook, and then uh, probably about four hours of resting it. Okay, so so where do I, where do I start? I, I go to the store. So go to the store. Usually, uh, like most grocery stores, you might be able to order it through, or like a Sam's Club or Costco, they usually carry it. Yeah. And you get yourself a full brisket, which is the flat and the point. Right. And then uh, trim off the fat till it's about an eighth of an inch of fat left on okay, it. Because you want the fat in there, too. You want, That's you want gonna fat, help but not, keep, right. it, keep it moist, right? And then some people use a binder where you can rub it down with mustard and then uh, season it with just salt, pepper, garlic. That's it. You know. Is that what you um, do? Very simple. That's what I do. I, I usually don't use a binder, just salt and pepper. Okay. Uh, heavy salt and pepper on it, uh, kosher salt and, you know, Large grind pepper, right? Fresh ground, right? and then you and then you put it on the smoker at about two hundred two hundred twenty five degrees, 
Uh, spray it down with a little apple cider vinegar every couple hours. Mm-hmm. Keep it moist. When it gets to about 165, take it off and wrap it. You can wrap it with butcher paper. Yeah. Or they talk, talk about the Texas Crunch where you wrap it with foil. And then you let it roll. Then you put it back on. You let it roll for a few more hours until it gets to 200. You you put it back in the smoker? Back then? on the smoker. It's that, already got as much smoke as it's going to get when it gets to 165. Already wrapped up in the foil or the uh, uh, butcher paper or parchment paper probably would work also, right? Well, yeah. It, it falls apart a little bit. But if that's after it gets to 165, then you wrap it. Okay. And then right. put it back on the smoker. And, you know, some people even will finish it off in the oven then until it gets to 220. It depends. Right. You know, instead of burning a lot of pellets and chips, yeah. you know, they'll just put it in. But that's why these pellet grills, these automatic pellet grills have become a rage now because you can put it on before you go to bed at night. It's Wi-Fi connected. Check it on your phone every once in a yep. while. Yep. Make sure the temperature's staying up. And you don't have to stay up all night and babysit like we yeah. used to have. To yeah, the, <laughs> the smoker, I have one of those Weber, uh, you know, versions of the, the yeah. smokers, which I like. And, and I love that it's got the uh, technology, I guess you might say, uh, right. that I, I hooked it up to my phone. I, I, what did I do on there? I think I did a pulled pork on there or some ribs. I did some ribs on there. I smoked some ribs uh, last uh, summer. And uh, there's there's a probe that you put into the right, meat, the meat probe, yeah. And uh, you can you, you can monitor it. I'm, I'm sitting, you know, laying laying on the couch, uh, watching it in a nice cool house, uh, yeah, wa- watching thing. on the phone, and uh, I knew exactly when to go outside. Yeah. Now, now that I'm sitting here with COVID, I called earlier. I talked to you and Doctor Mo. So I'm sitting here with COVID. I can uh, smoke something without worrying about it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Right. Uh, All right. Well, good for you. Hey, thank you for the uh, advice on that. I'm going to definitely give that a try. Uh, no problem. Yeah, I'll keep you all posted on my progress. If, if you hear there was a big fire somewhere, you know that it didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah. No, it should be Take fine. Care. Appreciate the call, Brian. Thank you. Now, Jeff, you did a brisket yesterday. Is that right? Correct. Correct. My uh, was your time my kids, s- similar my to Brian's. Pardon? Was your time of cooking similar to Brian? He said, uh, you know, 12, 12 hours or so? No, I had a uh, a nine-pound brisket, and my cooking time was seven hours. Okay. Um, of, of course, what he did, you know, first of all, I put the uh, garlic powder, the onion powder, paprika, chili powder, and salt, and rubbed it on it, and, you know, cut all the fat off it. Um, put it on the smoker, which my kids just bought it for me the day before. So this is the first time I ever used it. Oh, wow. And uh, put it on. I set the temperature for the grill at 225. Okay. I put the temperature probe in there. And once it hit 160 degrees, I pulled it off, wrapped it in foil, poured a cup of sweet vermouth over it. Oh. And sealed it. Sealed it up so it was really moist. Oh, wow. Put it back on the smoker for an additional three hours. I love when that. The probe hit, when the probe hit 204 degrees, I pulled it off, let it rest for 20 minutes. Turned out perfect. Yeah. And I'll bet that sweet vermouth gave it an unbelievable oh, flavor. It was so, so juicy and tender. It was unbelievable. First yeah. time I ever did it, and I'm like... Great job. Wow, you had a home run out of the park for the first time out. That's amazing. Exactly, exactly. So uh, uh, so you uh, 
you, you just let it cook for the the first setting. You put all the spices on, and it, it's completely unwrapped, so you get all exactly. the all the smoke flavor in there. You you put the fat side down on the grill for uh, down. Okay. four hours, and then like I said, once it hits uh, 160 degrees, I pulled it off. Put it in foil, put the sweet vermouth in, yeah. wrapped it back up, and put it on the grill for another three hours. Now, about how much how much sweet vermouth went into the uh, foil packet? I put one cup. And how much went into you? <laughs> Very little. <laughs> Very little. I had some other he, stuff. He didn't say, while notice he didn't it. say none. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... No, it's it was, it was a great gift for Father's Day, and yeah, that's great. And I hit a home run, like you said. That is that's fantastic. Now, I've I've heard, uh, you know, as as our previous caller Brian, he was basting with apple cider vinegar. Uh, I think I mm-hmm. like I think I like the sweet vermouth upgrade here a little bit. It it, it, it really makes it juicy. That sounds. It really that turned out great. Really good. All right, I'm going to definitely give that a try, Jeff. I appreciate your call. Thanks, my friend. Not a problem. Thank you. I love this. We've got a lot of brisket cookers out here. I see uh, Troy is on the line at 312-981-7200. Troy, you're on WGN. Hello, my friend. Hello. How are you doing? Doing very well. I, I did one last weekend on a smoke fire of all things, the EX-6. Okay. Yeah, I, so think, I, did I think that might be the a... one that I have. Isn't that grill amazing that... It uh, it automatically feeds these pellets in, so when when the fire begins to die down, it it knows when to uh, start feeding these pellets in automatically, so you don't have to do anything. And it's got your, right. yours has the technology, right? So you can uh, Bluetooth it with your phone, right? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I I did it. Uh, I love the thing. It's a great little smoker. But I did it on the in the on that on the top shelf. Uh, of the EX6, right? I seasoned it up with salt, pepper, garlic, and a little a bit of onion flakes. Okay. Beforehand, and a little bit of a coffee rub. Coffee. I put on top of it, which gave it a deep color. Yeah. Deep dark color, and uh, did it at two hundred. Put it on at nine at night, and I didn't even look at it until nine in the morning. No kidding! You set it and went to bed. Well, I kept waking up to make sure the smoker was still running. There were no <laughs> the, issues, but the house wasn't on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I put a pan underneath it to catch any dripping. Dripping's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, it came out great. And after uh, after after at nine in the morning, I checked it and I let it go till it was about one eighty, where the bark was nice and dark, yeah. right where I wanted it. Right. Right. And I right. put it in a foil boat where you foil the bottom around it. And you and you foil it halfway up, so that way the top still gets colored, oh. and the bark still develops as it as it finishes the smoke. Okay, all right. And then how and much how that, much longer did you leave it on that way? Uh, it was on for sixteen hours total. Sixteen hours total. Wow. And it came, and I let it rest. The big thing is you got to let it rest for a, at least two hours. Yeah. Yeah, you got to. And let... I let it rest for about two hours, and I, I wanted to let it rest more, but it took a little bit longer to cook than I thought it would. Yeah, well, you, you know, resting it like that is redistributing all the juices in it, so it, it's mm-hmm. it's evenly moist uh, when it's done. Did you baste it with anything during that cooking process? Uh, yeah, I use uh, I use a bourbon and a uh, bourbon and coke. Oh, okay. That's you throw some, you spritz that on it. After I looked at, it, I spritzed it because it was getting a little dry. So I did that and did that maybe two, three times. And once I wrapped it in the foil boat, 
I spritzed it one more time and let it run out until it was done. Love that. Uh, the bourbon and Coke, that is a really good idea. I think Jack oh, Daniels, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Jack Daniels has got some recipes for, you know, for doing uh, pulled pork, for doing brisket, uh, you know, incorporating Jack Daniels into some of the bastes and sauces and marinades. The The alcohol cooks off, but uh, it leaves a really nice flavor, especially in something it it like a brisket. Deep, dark. That deep flavor that's so you can't it, it helps it's a it's a layer of flavor that also adds adds to the smoke and it, it's real good yeah I, I agree all right well you guys uh, I appreciate all your help you guys have inspired me and I'm going to give it a try we'll uh, keep everybody posted on on how it how it went uh, I hope you have a great Sunday today uh, Troy thank you for the call thank you all right so when we uh, come back from the break i'm going to open up the phone lines we have uh, one of these uh, 100 dollar gift cards for the uh, barbecue authority in lyle uh, barbecueauthority.com if you want to shop or learn more but really nice gift right a hundred dollar gift card for whoever gives me the best grilling recipe on the phone line uh, give us a call give us a fantastic recipe if we choose yours as the most fantastic recipe, we're going to give you that $100 gift card. 312-981-7200 next. WGN. All right, 1254, a lot of you on our text line asking, what kind of pellets are we uh, talking about? They sell them at uh, hardware stores big box stores where, where they sell the charcoal, these little pellets that are a combination of uh, the, the wood that create the smoke and also the heat source. So if, if you just go to the store and look look for some of these smoker pellets, uh, you'll know what we're talking about. Mary, producer Jack tells me that you've got a fantastic recipe. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing very well. What's your recipe? Well, I'm actually making it right now. It's pork tenderloins and bourbon. Mmm. And it's super simple, and that's why I love it. And my kids love it. It's, tell, tell me, it's only it's you it's had just me. A quarter cup. You had me at bourbon, but go ahead and tell me the recipe. Yeah, I, I heard you talking about the Jack Daniels, so that's what made me think of it. So, but it's a quarter cup soy sauce, quarter cup bourbon, two tablespoons brown sugar, and then you got like three pounds of pork tenderloin yeah. and garlic. And that's it. You marinate it? You marinate the pork in that mixture? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had my marinating since last night. Okay. So you marinate and then just toss it on the grill? And then you grill it at 325 until it reaches 160. And that's it. I love pork tenderloin on the grill. It's it's such a a great piece of meat. It's low fat, by the way, also. You said pork tenderloin. Oh, no. And as we speak, I'm making a bok choy salad to go with it. Oh, fantastic. That sounds so really good. salad and then spicy Asian noodles, and that's my go-to meal. So I, I think that definitely has earned you that $100 gift card from uh, Oh, God, Bar- that, that's wonderful of you. And I, can I just tell you really quick, when you were playing Judy Garland, it made me so miss my mom because oh. I don't know if you remember in the days when you used to have like three channels on TV. Right. <laughs> and my mom and I used to watch an old movie on Sunday afternoons. Yeah. Yeah, and see some of those, those great old Judy Garland classics. It. Right? And it just made me, I was like sitting there and I'm like, 
And plus, you got Henry VIII in my head. Right. Well, that's that's going to be part of our new show that we're going to be, uh, you know, touring around America. Our new Henry. And this song just like will stick with you all day <laughs> that's long. Right. That's, and that's, and you guys actually sounded pretty good. But I, yeah. now I keep saying second verse. Same, Same as, as the first. first, exactly right. I mean, gosh, you know, because like I'm close to your age, and it's like my brothers used to have that like playing all the time. I have so the like, I have the 45 myself. Hey, listen, hang on for a second I, because I want to get you this uh, $100 gift card from Barbecue Authority and Lyle. Visit bbqauthority.com to shop and learn more. And uh, Mary, I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Enjoy your uh, pork tenderloin. Oh, thank you.